Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be a fantastic night. I'm really glad everybody is here. I want to give you the phone number real quick to call in if you'd like to read tonight. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. All righty. Really excited. Happy Poetry Month, everybody. It's here. I want to hear about those uh, Poetry Month goals you have. I want you to be a little bit creative in those, okay, because everybody is always, you know, everybody is going to have the one where you're saying, you know, I'm going to write 30 poems in 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 a week, or in a month, 30 poems, a poem a day for 30 days for the month. Everybody has that one. But be the, be that cool person that says, I'm going to write a poem a day for 30 days. And, all right, so one of the things that I plan on doing or have, am doing, have made and doing all that good stuff <laughs> is I printed out poems on these paper, really pretty paper scroll, paper, uh, paper, and I rolled them into scrolls and tied them with ribbons. And I've got a bunch of those. They're all in the uh, bag in my car. And then as I go around this month, I'm just going to walk up to people and randomly say, Happy Poetry Month, and hand them one of my poetry scrolls. And uh, so that's one of the things. So, you know, have that surprising answer when somebody asks you that. Uh, I would love to hear what some of you guys will be doing. So, you know, have that ready. Share that when you call in to read tonight. If you are interested, by the way, some announcements real quick before we get started. If you're interested in putting together a writing workshop with us, you are more than welcome to do that. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. It's just a way for us to spend a little bit more intimate time than we are afforded to here and share uh, our craft that we are so passionate about. Okay, can be written. You can do the workshop on uh, where we actually walk through the steps A, B, C, D, and at the end we have a poem. Um, we can do where we do. You know, you can talk about your favorite era of poetry, your favorite genre, your favorite poem, your favorite poet. Uh, you can walk through the steps of writing a form poem, like you know the different ways of writing a haiku. Uh, you can do one where you're talking about what it's like to record or submit your poetry or what it's like to have it edited or, you know, whatever you want to do. Just let me know and we'll get that set up. Alrighty, And then, uh, yeah, that'll be really cool. I want to thank Star Sevron, James Sapien, and Roy Murdoch for sponsoring our show last year. Uh, they all kicked in and pitched in and helped cover our licensing fee for the year. Appreciate you guys. We are at the end of that year, though. If you would like to, if you're interested in helping to sponsor the Speakeasy Cafe Radio Show for the following year, this coming year, uh, you're more than welcome to shoot me a message and I'll let you know what that involves. Alrighty. 
That would be awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Now, at the beginning of every show, I give you a writing poem and a writing exercise and a, a journal assignment and all that other good stuff. So have your paper paper and pencil ready. Have your journal out so you can get these jotted down. If you don't get these written down, you can always go back and listen at the beginning of every show and get the writing prompt or the writing exercise. So one of the things that I've been doing, it's really been kind of fun, is I search um, the date and and then I write, I write National Day. And what that does is it pulls up all the different holidays for every single day of the year. And you would be amazed at some of them that we've covered so far. I mean, it's just been really funny. Um, last week, I think it was National Weed Day, not not that kind of weed, like dandelion weeds. Um, who knew there was a National Weed Day? <laughs> so I was looking at the ones for today, and there's none of them that grabbed me and and to do the search like I was like we kind of dissect one we you know we talked about the facts about weeds so I'm just going to read you I, I think that maybe this will maybe make you think a little bit or maybe spark some inspiration or something but I'm going to tell you all the holidays the national days that today is across the country we have a bunch of things going on today that most of you didn't even know about i i have to share them with you so you have time to celebrate and bake all those cakes and do those things you need to do to celebrate these days that you didn't even know existed so april 4th is national vitamin c day so how many out there of you out there have kissed an orange today shown an orange some love all right get busy go buy an orange <laughs> It's as, as actually. It's also. I bit my tongue. Uh, it's National Hug a News Person Day. Now I want to know how long ago that one came into play, because can you imagine walking down the street, a street in New York City, and having the guys sitting there calling out, uh, "Paper, paper, get your paper here!" and everybody just started walking up and randomly hugging this person. I mean, that is just bad. <laughs> it would be awesome if it was okay, but it's not okay to do that anymore. You can get in a lot of trouble for doing that. You know, next thing you know, you're on the national sex offender list for the rest of your life because you hugged a random person on the street and selling a newspaper. It's like, oh, we don't, yeah. So that one really had me curious how much fun that would be to play with. It is also National School Librarian Day. And I want to thank my school librarian in the second grade who let me borrow her book of, uh, I was reading poetry, I think in the fourth grade, I don't remember, I was pretty young, but she let me borrow her book of Poe, Edgar Allan Poe poetry, if I promised to take it back. So she brought it into school and let me borrow it. So I don't remember exactly, I think I was in second grade when I did my first, write, wrote my first poem. Um, well, anyway, but she sent me home with her Poe book, um, and it was I didn't understand what I was reading because it was much too hard for me and my reading level at that time. Um, but I wouldn't even show it to anybody because it was like such a secret, awesome, amazing thing to do. This this lady that I just thought was awesome. Anyway, you know, let me borrow her secret personal book of poetry. So I tr- remember trying to read it and understand what I was reading, but I really couldn't. Um, it was so cool. So thank you awesome cool librarian school librarian lady all right 
It is also National Chicken Cordon Bleu Day. Cordon Bleu. I love talking like that. I don't know why. Um, National Chicken Cordon Bleu Day. So we all, all know what we're having for dinner tonight. It is also Jeep 4x4 Day. So, yeah, I think, you know, unless you live in a place where it's still early in the day, get, go go jump in a 4x4 Jeep and have a day. Um, it's National Burrito Day, and it's actually the first, it changes every year. It's the first Thursday. National Burrito Day is the first Thursday in April every year. Why the first Thursday? Why isn't it just April 4th? What is so special about the burrito that it had to have that designated cool day, you know, that, that kind of elitist highbrow day? It, it is the second, it is the third Thursday, you know. Uh, what, 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 there's something going on there with the burrito. We need to figure this out. You know, a secret club, one of the Masons, what? All right, so those those are all the cool things that, April 4th is, including the one that I'm going to be using for your journal assignment. Now, one of your writing assignments at the beginning of the year was to buy a brand new pen and a journal or a three-ring notebook. I don't want you writing on the computers. I actually want you writing on paper. All right. Uh, so your journal assignment, and this is just something that, you you know, it's kind of, kind of like your homework. So you have to do this every week just, you know, because I think I have that kind of power over your life is why you need to do that. So anyway, your journal assignment for this week is I want you, today also, by the way, which sets us up, is National Walk Around Things Day. Now, how could I not find delight in that? National Walk Around Things Day. What things? I don't know. It's, it's craziness. Walk Around Things Day. Now, I'm wondering if these are creatures called things, and they go out and they walk around on this day, so it's Walk Around Things Day, so the things go out and walk around. But I don't know. I don't know. It's just crazy. It's a funny one. It made it just made me happy. It's like, oh, that is so funny. A funny one. Walk around things. What things? <laughs> so your journal assignment is you should always be carrying that with you in some form. Is for the week is I want you to take your journal and I want you to walk around things. And, and it can be anything. It can be the newspaper person you're stalking because you're gonna hug in a minute. <laughs> It can be the grocery store. It can be your mailbox in your front yard. It can be um, your car. It can be a building. It can be a park. It can be whatever you want it to be, a fountain, a a Pepsi can laying on the ground, a dandelion poking out of the sidewalk. It can be what things. Think, people. Think of the possibilities. There are so many things in the world, okay? So have fun with this, and you should do this more than once. We'll get to that in a second. Anyway, so I want you to, to, to have your journal with you, and I want you to walk around things. <laughs> and as you do, I want you to write down your observations of the things that you see and smell and hear and so on, Okay. While you're walking around this thing, and look at everything, okay, and write down everything that you can think of, okay, that everything everything you see. Walk around things and, and write down all of your observations. You can even get creative and, and write about how that thing makes you feel seeing it there or what it reminds you of or what is it the opposite of. So, yeah, and, and then when, once you've done that, find another thing. There's so many things. <laughs> 
All right, so that is your journal assignment for the week. Your writing exercise. Now, a writing exercise is different than a writing prompt or a journal assignment. A writing exercise is to make you do something uncomfortable, stretch those writing muscles, make you step out of your comfort zone, uh, write in a way that you normally wouldn't write, write about things you normally wouldn't write about, that type of thing. All right, it's only when we... Our, it's only when we step outside of our comfort zones that we grow. It's only when we stretch those muscles that we move forward. Okay, so it's important, really important to always exercise that creative side of your brain. You don't have to write a poem every day, people. You just have to do something to feed that creative side and that creative part of you inside to keep it growing, to keep it stimulated, to keep it, you know, and you would be amazed. You know, they always say that that whatever kindness you show a woman, she'll repay on you tenfold. You know, and it's kind of the same thing with your muse. You know, whatever kindness you show to her, whatever attention you give her, she will repay you tenfold. You know, so even the little silliest thing, like the time I told you to go out and buy a pen, was so huge for her. It was like walking in from work and tucking a dandelion behind her ear while she's washing dishes and then putting your arms around her and helping her wash dishes. It's that kind of thing, all right? <laughs> all right, so now I totally forgot where I was because I'm so, so in that kitchen right now. <laughs> um um, yeah, uh, so writing exercise out of the comfort zone. Somehow we got from writing exercise to washing dishes. You know, I don't know. So, oh, yeah, making you grow, do things you normally wouldn't do, buy a pen, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you got it. Anyway, you, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So your writing exercise is, and it's kind of inspired by the walk around things day, right? But I want you to write sit down and in your notebook or whatever, I want you to write a setting based on the most beautiful place you've ever seen. All right? Write a setting based on the most beautiful place you've ever seen. And, can you know, once you do that one, be creative with it. You know, what if you were to write about the most frightening place you've ever seen or the most boring place you've ever seen or some place you were not supposed to be or... Um, that type of thing. Think of this as if you're writing down like a description for a movie set. All right, you're not writing a poem. You're not writing a story. You're walking someone through the mechanics. On my left, the wallpaper is a little faded. It has, it is a chartreuse green with white dogwoods. You can tell by the where Mark said it's, you know, many a breakfast splattering has been wiped off because it's, you know, you can see the white marks of age. And and uh, there's a, a big window to the left of that underneath a big one-basin sink. And then in the window there's a green mason jar full of S&H green stamps. And so... You know, just describe the setting. Very mechanical. You can even do a bullet point or a list or left stage, right stage, however you want to write it down. This isn't meant 
to create a great piece of writing. This is meant to make you pay attention to some of the details that maybe you could use when you're describing something in a poem and think about about it in that mechanical way that you might that what might allow you to describe it in a way that would be very surprising to you. Okay, so, you know, sit down and mechanically write out, describe just every single thing in that room, down to the very last paperclip on the desk type of detail, okay, or the dust ball underneath the the leg of the bed, um, whatever it is, okay, um, and really pay close attention to those details. So that's your writing exercise for this week. Now your writing prompt, which is different than the other two, is actually meant to create a poem. It's like a dandelion fluff, blowing the seeds out there and the seed lands and what it grows into. That's, you know, whatever. The The prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem. It can be the general concept of the poem. It can be, you said the prompt and it made me think about that in relation and type of, so, you know, however the inspiration hits you, that's up to you. But it is intended to create, inspire, provoke a poem out of you. Okay. So your writing prompt this week is like dropping eggs, like chicken eggs or whatever kind of eggs. I don't care. You know, it can be he's so cute he walked by, she was dropping eggs. Um, yeah, that kind of, be creative in other words. <laughs> Uh, so your writing prompt is like dropping eggs, right? So that's it. That's your journal assignment. That's your your day. That's your, yeah, I think we're through all that. So now what I would like to do is play an audio track. And now, yes, because I just got a message on that, I do know that it's the first show of the month. I know on the first show of the month I always play a piece of mine. Um, but I have a different piece that I'm going to play from someone else, and I'm actually going to read one instead of playing a recording of mine for because that is my agreement per the deliberation and outcome of Nyla versus not ever reading versus listeners yelling at me versus thing outcome. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm so glad you guys love me. I'm assuming. <laughs> um, all right, so... The track that I'm going to play is by, and I don't even remember uploading this one, so we could be in a surprise on this together, Uh, but it's Dakota Witt, and I hope you think of me as this one, so let's see what we've got here. to be the one to show you the world. I wanted to take you to the Eiffel Tower in Paris or kiss you under a moonlit Rome. Like the things that would happen in the Colosseum, I wanted to rip you apart in the most poetic way. I wanted to go snorkeling in Aruba. I wanted to see the coral beneath our feet. Everywhere I wanted to be, I wanted to be there with you. I wanted it to be so that no matter what, every time you saw an airplane, you'd think of me. Or any time you'd see the moon reflect in someone else's eyes. Whenever you found yourself driving through a neighborhood full of mansions just to plan out your dream life, I hope you think of me. Because I remember waking up next to you and the way the sunlight would hit your face and the floating dust speckled around you. 
just wanted to drown in your presence. You were like a beautiful still in a moving world. Time seemed to slow down whenever you were near me. If you've ever been in a car accident or a near-death experience, you know what I mean. It's a beautiful bliss where time stops and you're shown your life. All the bad choices that led you to this moment. In a weird way, you're kind of the reason I don't regret anything in life. I remember when we were upstairs and you told me that you wanted to die. You were beautiful in the saddest way. To let someone see who you really are and to be real for just once in your life. You put your mask down and looked at me with your heart through watery eyes. We could talk for hours about how many terrible things happen to good people. But one thing I learned from you is that even sunflowers don't last forever. They show up for a little bit as the seasons change to remind you that, hey, the world's beautiful sometimes. And then they go. Just like when we promised forever, I didn't think it'd come so soon. I prided myself on being able to make you smile when things would get bad. Of course, I was usually the reason they were bad, but... statue of our waxed hands fallen and morphed from aging. I remember you told me that you felt me slipping through your fingers. I laughed and said the only thing slipping through your fingers is mine. But you were right. The weight of the world pulled me right through. So whenever you feel sad, just look at your wrists. Every pissed off morning you'd have to wake up before my parents caught you sleeping over. Every slurpee I brought to your cosmetology school every time you'd sneak over and sleep instead of going to class. When you bleached my hair orange, when you ruined all of our pillows and you dyed your hair red. How we could watch Harry Potter and Twilight on repeat. When I ate a wheat chocolate bar and freaked out. Every time you'd storm out the front door and how funny it was that you ended up kissing me five minutes after. That time you slapped me, or like the first time I saw you walking towards me. how you were obsessed with taking pregnancy tests, or how we lost a little version of ourselves. Whenever you look at your wrists, I hope you think of me, and I hope you think of everything that we used to be. up there 
And uh, there was a whole episode where a wolf came into the camp that was pretty freaking exciting. And I've got a cell phone picture of it. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there in the tent, and he's sitting there looking at me, and I'm thinking, well, hmm, this is interesting. So what else do you do? You pick up your phone and you take a picture, right? Because that's going to, you know, like defend me when the bomb just jumps through the, yeah, anyway. But it was the first night that I was there. And, and, and guys, I have to tell you this because it's really funny, and I swear to God it is the truth, okay? I'm sitting up there in the in the middle of the woods in Idaho, and it's it's a full moon. There's a full moon up. First night I get there, right? And I'm sitting up camp, full moon. And the coyotes out, and uh, I could hear the wolves in the distance, and it was just full moon. And I wasn't afraid of the wolves. I wasn't afraid of the coyotes. I wasn't afraid of any of those things. Do you know what I was really afraid of being out there alone? Because I always do this. I, you know, I was, I was up there a million miles from anywhere. I was afraid of werewolves. Now, I know wolves are real. And that wolf could have eaten me. I know that, you know, there are bears and things like that. Those are real things that were there, and they didn't scare me. I'm sitting there looking at this full moon, scared to death that a werewolf's going to get me. All right? (laughs) How nuts is that? Anyway, the coyotes started howling. And I've heard coyotes in the distance, but this is the first time that I was out, and and I'm talking deep woods, okay? I'm out in the middle of the woods, and right by this clearing at this creek, and the coyotes start howling, and there's thousands of them. And if any of you have not heard what it sounds like when when coyotes howl, I swear to God, it's like a thousand women breaking loose from the mental institution, running around screaming and laughing and howling and crying and and all having issues at the same time. It is the most unworldly, weirdest thing. And they were all around me. I was surrounded by them. And so I wrote this. I'm sitting there writing this. and But I wanted to, just so you guys kind of get the idea of what it was like, I downloaded and uploaded to the show some, what it sounds like coyotes howling. And this is really close to what it was like that night, but amplified by maybe a thousand more animals and loud, so loud. Um, but it's crazy, so listen to this. Let's see if we can get it to play. And it's... Uh, yeah, if it's so unnerving. Here we go. when you get a bunch of coyotes howling. So here it is, the full moon. I'm sitting out there worried about werewolves, and then this starts up. <laughs> and I have no cell signal on my phone, by the way. I couldn't have called anyone. I couldn't have called a phone to phone to friend for nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? And then amplify that. And they were, I, was, they was, I was completely surrounded by them. So what I, this is what I wrote. And I kind of 
give the, I kind of had to tell that story before because, you know, everyone always says you're supposed to be a shy poet, blah, 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 whatever. You know, this is one of my favorite things I've ever written. I think that it's really good, in my opinion. And I say that because I want people to know that it's okay to say that they liked something they wrote. Because so many times when someone calls in, I'll have them sit there and they'll say, oh, it's, just, and it's not very good, but, you know, like they're afraid to say they did something well. You know, in our lifetimes, we're going to write a bunch of poems, okay? We're going to write maybe a handful of great poems. And we're going to write a whole armload of really good poems. And we're going to write a whole bunch of crap, okay? So when you write, just write something, you know, and you write something that you're proud of, it's okay to say that you like it. It's okay, okay to take pride, in, in your writing, you know, that's one of the things that always kind of, it's one of my pet peeves. I, re- I really hate it when someone sits there and says, you know, it's not very good, but yes, it is. <laughs> you know, you don't have, that, that should never be in there. But this is, I really like this, and it's a very, it's a very emotional piece to me. It's a very personal piece for me. And uh, so I just thought I would share it. And, it's, and so I wanted to share this, the pre-story just so you kind of understand what that was like being up there and hearing those crazy crazy howling all right so this one is straight out of the journal um i ha- i wrote down alone but night on the night of the howling moon and then underneath that i wrote um written while sitting in coyote calls circling while camping near fossil bowl idaho all right so this is alone but not on the night of the howling moon. The air smells of brown earth and near winter, of wood smoke and boiling coffee. Voices that come in the darkness do not hide there, or voices that come in the darkness but do not hide there remind me, I am the trespass here. I am the strange species in this place. So... And I really like that piece. I really like, maybe it's because it transcends me back to that exact moment, but this one was a real fun one to write. And I think I only edited, edited one line in there and cleaned up a little bit of it but, um, during the weekend, I, well, after I wrote the initial time and then worked on it a little bit over the weekend uh, that I was there. But, yeah, so that's my piece for this month. <laughs> I'm good till next month. Contract, contract requirement served tick that box all right now guys so information if you are the tracks that we paid played and stuff like that i don't think that i mentioned this earlier if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your piece uploaded to the show's library so that we can play it for the world you can email those to me and the word that is in the email title it is the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com okay and uh, put MP3 file recorded poem, audio, something like that in the subject title for me. I really appreciate that. I'm going to get those uploaded and get those played. Alrighty. So, what comes next? If you would like to call in and read and share tonight, the number is six four six five nine five three nine six five. That's six four six five nine five three nine six five. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as nine eight nine is our first caller tonight. Alrighty, so listen for your telephone 
area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. That's really important. You always want to have your name attached to your work, and you want everyone to know who is reading. All right, when they come back and listen to the archives, they may, you know, maybe a brand new listener that that doesn't know you. So it's real important. Make sure that you introduce yourself. Put your put your name on your work. Right now, starting out, we can read two poems. If the lines get too busy, I'm going to have to cut that back down to just one. All right, but right now we can we can do two pieces. Keep the poems right around the right around the five minute mark. Be courteous of the people who are waiting in line behind you. And then when you are finished, make sure that you give out your URL. It's really important that people know how to come find you, network, get to know you and your work better. Okay, and then remember that we do have a mature rating. That means that you are bound to hear just about anything on the show, and trust me, you normally do, with the exception of adult porn poetry. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Um, you know, other than that, we are good to go. You can read your romantic poetry and things like that, but not not the graphic porn poems. And you guys know what I'm talking about. All right, so don't be pushing that envelope. <laughs> Getting us in trouble with our rating. Uh, I want to give our first three callers so you kind of know where you are. As I said, 989 is our first caller tonight. Then we have 216 and then 419. All right, so the 989-216 and 419, you'll be our first three callers. I do want to let area codes 910-765 and 734 know that you are not in the lineup. If you would like to read tonight, that's area code 910 765 and 734. If you guys would like to read, just press 1 on your phone. If you're here listening and just hanging out, I appreciate you guys being here. And if you uh, change your mind at any time, 765 or 737, okay, 765, if you change your mind at any time, you can press 1, and it will put you in the lineup. And uh, I see the rest of you on there, 910. There you go. You're in. Okay, so the only one that's not is 765. 765, press 1 if you want to come in, hang out. Press 1 if you want to later. All right, so our first caller, as I said, is area code 989. 989, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. It's George Wiley. Hey, George. How you doing, sweetheart? Just thankful that it's Thursday night and we can hear your voice. And then then order out some of our own stuff. Um, (laughs) I'm doing just peachy. I'm so excited uh, to hear from you. Oh, thank you very much. I missed a couple times lately, and uh, but um, I'm back in the um, in enjoying it. Um, We just here here in Michigan, we're just uh, waiting for the the promised spring. The Mother Nature decided to renege on, but uh, (laughs) we'll. well, uh, we're we're getting closer, getting a little closer. I see stuff growing. So then my whole, and then my spring and planting. Hey, what I that's gorilla. Oh, did you see that on there? Yeah, yeah I just. You want me to bring you a sarsaparilla? Yeah, bring me a sarsaparilla. There was <laughs> I saw some old western where the guy fellows up to the bar and says, "Give me a sarsaparilla," and then I got to mm-hmm. thinking, I have no idea what sarsaparilla is. And my first here at this okay. old poetry saloon, I'll belly up to the bar and drag a poem out of my saddlebag. You get me a sarsaparilla, sweet Nyla, and I'll watch my face in the mirror. Dad, burn it. I forgot what sarsaparilla is. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, you. 
That's what that's the chat I just opened up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only I, as far as I can tell, it's just Mama and I are in the in the chat room tonight. We're having a good time. Yeah, it's yeah, actually it's you and Moon Cookie now. Um, yeah, the chat room is not yeah, behaving nicely, so if you're trying to get into the chat room, just keep poking it with a stick. It will let you in eventually. And uh, so, yeah, right. you and Moon Cookie are in there right now. Yeah. Uh, first cool. one I'm going to read is, is called uh, Did I Blister Our Best Chances? Did I drop the bubbles hard? Did I blast you with my bitters? Did I scour out your heart? Did I tangle your heart's innards? Would I scar what makes you the? Would I damn the future perfect? Would I hurt the usness of we? Would I scourge what we reflect? Might I find here some repeal? Might I bandage some arrears? Might you seek a place to heal? Might you blend in the good years? Can we gather up the fixings? Can we make a meal from those? Can we build us up more tidings? Can we? What do you suppose? Peace. I loved that. Thank you. You're very welcome. That was beautiful, George. A little plea to you. It's a plea to myself. And, uh, yeah, I write, when I read it, I say, hey, maybe it's a good question. I just asked my, I just wrote something down that I hadn't even internalized yet. <laughs> maybe it's a good, maybe it's, maybe it's a good question to ask myself. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And just, just beautiful language throughout the whole piece. Well, thank Great you. word choices. Sec- Great description. Thank you. The second one is when the bells don't ring. A troubled time of dissonance when they can't hear the bells. They look up, beseeching the sun, but get raindrops in their eyes. They peer around for kinship, for comrades, find only slow indifference. They wear telescopes to read and lose their hats in the rain. They try to hear the bells. A large red-haired man threatens when they cross his turf. The turn signals fail and the pills don't stop the pain. The wretched sleep comes in fits. The sun won't come up. An alarm goes off inside when they pay for the medicines. They try to see the bells. Disdaining words greet them when they are asked for their share. They are patronized at parties, but John just at work. And they try to climb the ladder, the rungs break loose. There comes a day when they must pawn the diamond and the vase. They listen for the bells. They begin to tell their story, but only the dog pretends to listen. Good memories keep falling away, replaced by bad dreams. The sum total of their joy won't fill a spoon, yet they still sip at it. The dog still wags his tail. They feel a tiny spark when the phone rings. They hear a bell rung cautiously. An old friend is testing for their interest. A new job pays twice what the beat cannery did with benefits. Mailman brings a surprise, a tax refund. 
They find their sunglasses and stride out to the park with the dog. Carolyn Tower chimes boldly in peace. And poem? And poem. <laughs> you know something I noticed in your writing, and I'm, I'm sure that it's not something that you do intentionally. I'm sure that it's just the flavor of you, of your writing, of your voice. But it's the way that you slip very easily, you know, into a Renaissance voice, into a Renaissance language pattern, and which is weird because you write in a very direct, very, um, a very modern. I mean, you're you're you write in a very modern way, a very direct way. Um, you're very. Very blatant in your message in and in the way you, that you write, but at the same time, you somehow take that and and blend it into a Renaissance language. And I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but sometimes yeah. it's the the pattern of the sentence. Sometimes it is the way that you wove the words together. Sometimes it's the actual language, like beseech. That's a very archaic word. You don't hear that much in modern-day language. So when you hear the word beseech, you're immediately taken to Mennonites, right? So, but, but you do. You have that. And it makes me wonder if you maybe grew up on, you know, and I'm sure I should know this, and I probably do, but I'm going to ask it because we're going to pretend like I don't because it makes for good radio. Um, you know, it makes me wonder if <laughs> you were influenced by classic poetry at a young age, you know, did you, you know, or is that something that just developed naturally on its own? So that's my question. Yes, yes, my parents, the house was full of books, and we read Shakespeare, and, and the St. Vincent Belay and all those people. So on the, I didn't so much have any interest in it, but it must have been coming in, you know, aside and sticking somewhere. Because mm-hmm. I was going, you know, I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to go out and play baseball, and my mother wanted to read poems. But they were. They Thank were, you, mom. Was, <laughs> thanks, mom. I wanted to play ball. They, Will you do me a they, favor? No, and then in college, I should. I just want to. Uh, in college, I also took a couple of uh, lit courses. And though I didn't write a word of poetry, I read Rickley. You know, you know the, the classics of Charles Sturgeon. Of course, Shakespeare was like a gang. And then uh, a whole a bunch of other, even newer stuff like Ogden Nash and Berlinghetti and stuff like that. But I did have a little bit of background in, uh, you know, you know the, the Wives of Bath and all that good stuff, Dickens. And... So I have I have some homework for you that I think you're really gonna love. Okay. All right. I want you to write a poem. Do you have a pen? You can write this down. I do. I do. I'm writing. Okay. I want you to write a poem called I Wanted to Play Baseball. Mom Wanted to Read poet or Poems. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I want you to write it. I want you to write it in a way, George, that you are talking about that that Band-Aid on the knee boy, you know, talking to the you know, you that read the classic poetry or talking to the classic poets your mom was trying to read you, you know, and 
and talking about, okay, yeah, I know I wanted to be playing baseball, but, dude, you're still here after all these years. So, you know, your fingerprints, you know, the fingerprints of early, the, the early reading and the things that you did, just, you know, wherever you want to take it. Mom, I wanted to play baseball. Mom wanted to read poems. That's it. I'll do it. I think you will have a lot of fun with that. And you bring the reason I say that, and I kind of make a big deal about that, is a lot of you guys know that I always say that if you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output. And I was one of those people really early on in life that, you know, once I was introduced to poetry and started writing it, I didn't want to read anybody. Because if I read something, I was afraid that it would influence the way that I write. You know, and I didn't want someone else's thoughts in my head because I want them to be all my pure, brilliant genius because God knows that's what that what was at that age. Um, <laughs> and I, it was really yeah. backward thinking because, you know, in the way that you write right now, George, I can hear and feel the flavors of the fingerprints of those writers in who you are now. But I would never listen to one of your poems and say, oh, my God, you copied that from Poe, which was what I thought oh, no. would happen if I read other poets. But you're the perfect example of what that does. Yes, that writers, the writers you read will influence you. Yes, you are going to find things that touch you and stand out to you, and you're going to learn and grow from them. So don't be afraid to read. That's my, that's my little tangent for Poetry Month. Okay, George, what were you saying? No, I was saying anything. Yeah. Just that, just that, 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 that I, um, that, that is a good, um, 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 sort of prop for my poem, for a poem, because that kind of thing, I still have fond memories of the childhood, and I've written poems about my home and what it was like, you know, with the siblings all around and everything, and, you know, a bunch of boys and animals and stuff. And we were, uh, and, and so this is right along the vein of, uh, and my mother was so much different than this voice, you know what I mean, which is odd, probably obvious from what we said earlier, but um, so it's perfect. She'd play the piano. <laughs> we, want, we wanted to chase the cat, you know, but. Um, Do you, uh, is your mom still yeah. around? No, lost her a long time ago. She was. Well, uh, Mother's Day is coming up, so maybe you could actually write it. From the little skinned knee boy, you and your mom back then, to the grown up you knew now, talking to your mm-hmm. mom, even though she's gone, and, and have that for Mother's Day. That's a, that's an idea well, too. But don't you don't have to do it that way. Just planting seeds, inspiration, right. bullshitting round table, you know. brainstorming. I I will let you know how it works okay. out. I'll read it here. I'm okay, so well, get out of the way. <laughs> I'm going to get out of the way and let some people talk here. Do you want to tell people how to find you, George? Hey, do you, you, uh, yeah. what, if you, do you want to hang out for a little bit tonight with me? I can't. I'll tell you why I can't. My, I have company in the other room with my wife that we have some, some uh. friends over. And I said, well, I'm going to run in here and get on the Speakeasy Cafe, and I hope you guys will bear with me. But I'm going to run back so, out there again. And who are these people over here that are visiting you? It's a neighbor that's a dear friend, and okay, um, so they don't. They don't, and she won't, and they won't go to anything. They won't deal. They don't want like poetry. The neighbor, so I don't bother her with the poetry. But she's 
wonderful friend and neighbor and uh, you know of advanced age. And I told her I have some more homework for you. I want you to write a poem saying you're my neighbor. You're my neighbor, and you don't like poetry, but Happy Poetry Month anyway. Telling your neighbor how awesome and cool they are, and even though they don't like poetry, you're going to tell them Happy Poetry. Write it in a poem and slip it in their mailbox for National Poetry Month. I say we have a. I run with uh, Dennis White, who lives about 20 miles from here, Um, Uh uh, and I think he's. I think he's on the line tonight. But, Tim, uh, we run us some stuff. One of the things I run is a uh, pizza and poetry night at a neighborhood uh, sandwich shop-like thing. And, you know, just get a pizza house, I guess you call it. And, uh, and whenever I make a poster of an upcoming one, I show it to this lady, just a bugger. Like, here's some poetry. <laughs> and I said, I don't want to go like, yeah. We have a good relationship. Our dear neighbor, I like you even though you don't like poetry. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to write something fun and silly and endearing and stick it in their mailbox for poetry. Oh yeah, it'll be. um, It'll try to be. I'll try for funniness and enduring stuff. I'd love to hear it too. Remember, for you, your homework, you get to read an extra poem. So just so you know. Well, I have taken up way too much of your time here. So I'm going to step aside. Tell everyone how to find you, Jared. Oh, yes. Um, I'm on com. with a few items. And I also have a Facebook page uh, called George Wiley Writes. And what else? So I do a little bit with WPOM, what's poetry website. And I guess that's about it. Very cool. All right, George, great job tonight. Appreciate you hanging out with me and sharing all that. Thank you. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to come back and listen here after a while. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll be your dirty little secret hiding in the other room. It's okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, are you with me? Of course, I'm with you. I'm always with you. Hey, Mama. Are you laughing? I'm laughing because you know I'm always with you. And I'm laughing at that property game because I've been sitting here all this time. I couldn't wait to do it because it sounded like so much fun, so I'm going to do it now. Walk around things. That's really fun. So here it goes. Walk around things. Trunk by Nyla of the Speakeasy Cafe. And it goes like this. Poop near the curb. Dead things hit by cars. Playing children in the yard. Boots on the floor. Clothes on the door. Back to sore, been strained, grown, leave things alone. They may move on their own. Don't kick the stubborn cat. Or awaken the sleeping dog. Bucks on a log. Let them be. Ignore the significant. Focus your time and mind on germs. Be sure to spray the things your eyes can't buy. Clean the things that will affect you long term. Never walk around with these. Your eyes can't see. Never walk around or ignore bacteria, fleas, and flies. 
walk around with me on my older days. <laughs> See, that is why giving prompts are so much fun. You know, we just throw something out there, and, you know, the seed landed on Mama, and she created that amazing piece that wouldn't exist had we not been just sitting here rambling together. You know, and that was, Mama, that was incredible. That was awesome. I love the fact that you put a line in there that said, don't kick the sleeping cat. Like, you have to consciously mention that self to you because it is that much of an option. Do I kick the cat? Do I not kick? All right, Mama, don't kick the sleeping cat. All right, fine, I won't. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, taking my mind off of so many problems, like me being locked out of Facebook with all my intellectual property. Oh, <sighs> You're still locked out? Yes. They they just the trying to give me. I don't know. They won't tell me. They just try to force me to. to uh, I had to make a new account to get in to tell them about my old account, and they just trying to force me. They know my picture. They got to keep sending it to me. And then when I go to click on my old account picture, they do tricks like just do tricks like security. It's crazy. It's just it's just driving me up the wall. And so they're not letting me in there. So they won't tell me. Tell why. them to get their shit together. Or you're going to write a poem about them. I don't want to write a poem. I want my like ten years, eleven years worth of intellectual property. I'm not studying all that. I'm 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 upset. I want my stuff. Pictures. I I know. Pictures. We yeah. talked about that last week. Pages. I know. There's so many things in there, like my even my pages of people that died that we uh you know that we all knew and got meditation and and ministry and stuff. It's just too much stuff. It's a whole different life on there that they're uh, taking advantage. Of, um, it's like someone you know, walking in and stealing the shoebox of memories under your bed. You know, you can never get those those little mementos back. I know exactly what you yeah. mean. You know, I lost a, I lost a bunch of stuff online one time, and messages from you know Jake who I lost a while back, and uh, you know people who come and go out of your life, things that I'd written with people, and just gone. You know just absolutely gone. That's why, you know, it's okay to to use the Internet to write and do things, people, but pick up a pen and paper. Always have, you know, every time you post something on Facebook or there's something you want to keep or anything like that, email it to yourself. So there's, you know, or, you know, type it, whatever, just, you know, because it goes away so fast. It's the principle of the thing. It's answers. It's pictures that I can't get back. It's pictures that people let me borrow that. That I don't have access to. I mean, it's worth the stuff on here. So you know, it sounds, like, yeah. it sounds kind of uh, shallow maybe, but <laughs> that's one of the reasons. When I submit my work for publication, if it isn't a book, a physical, actual book, you can tangible book you can hold in your hand, I won't submit to that publication if it's just an online only. And that's because, you know, someday when the batteries go out, it'll disappear. I want that yeah. tangible, in-your-hand piece of paper dug up from an archaeological dig in a, you know, buried house under a lake, and there's my book of poetry a million years from now. I want that tangible thing. You know, maybe it's my my way of, you know, I think that artists kind of like the thought of being immortal, 
you know. We we want to know there's something left behind of ours, you know, that our voice was, you know, important or the things we saw, the things we share. You know, so maybe that's my hold my hold on my immortality, I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't want the batteries to go out on me. You know, just like all the stuff that you have there on Facebook is just, you know, if they don't give that back to you, what are you going to do? I'm going to have to go kick him in the shin. I mean, I don't know, but it's just like, you know, uh, 9, 10, 11 years worth of, um, you know, collectibles and things that, you know, just think of and you just, I mean, I have a small apartment. I'm already overwrought with all kind of paperwork and stuff, even stuff coming in. Because when you get old, you got like Medicare coming in, this coming in, that coming in, bills that. I mean, you got paper everywhere. You just can't. So that was the best place to store it. I do have Word documents, but like you said, if the computer crashes or anything, I could always go to Facebook and get, you know, my stuff. But on Word documents, you don't have pictures. That's basically just, um, you know, they're stealing my stuff. You know, I don't know what they're Well, just, just on keep on them. You have to keep on them to get it back. You know, I'm, I've talked to a lot of people who, it's, you know, it's been like months for them to, to get through all their stupid crap, but it's worth it. Just stay on them and don't let up on them. Yeah. Well, I was just asking everybody else to ask ask questions, too, and find out what's going on, you know, let people know that um, they're noticing and people are thinking about it because it can happen to anybody. It's not really good. Mm-hmm. It's not just poetry. It's uh, just, you know, reactions to things. It's, uh, when I speak about what's going on in the world, you know, reactions to other things, like it's just a whole life on here. Anyway, I'm going to read this piece because the universe always says yes, and then I'll look for the next person to come in, and I'm going to listen. So here we go. The universe always says yes. I had to be because I am. She said no. The no was ignored. He carried on as it was meant to be, she lies still, thus with me. Did not come from the earth, nor will I commit, be committed back to it. I had to be because I am. I said no, the no was not understood. He said yes, and a new son was born. I said yes, but he said I cannot. She came through the storm of my womb. He is because I am. They are because he could. Determined to be, she is because I was. In the beginning, the universe said yes, yes to child 15, a tired womb, a womb weary from childbirth. She did not say yes, she did not say no, she knew the answer was always yes. It will be always yes. It would always be that way for them because he loved them. She loved them. She survived them. She endured them. They had to be because the universe always says yes. The stars always shine. The sun never says no. The moon always says yes. So I had to be so they could also be. I said no. The answer was always yes. No protest heard. No protest is ever heard. This thing called procreation, this act so forced 
fully committed or so passionately rendered, mostly without consent, sometimes without love. What must be will be. The answer is always yes. The cycle continues. I see all these grand little means, and I know now and understand why the no is always silent. The erection of correction stands firm, and what will be must somehow be. The moon cycle says yes. The womb of the water that was provided by the seed I was conceived. If not for him, I can never be. So I will never go back to the earth, nor be committed to the ground. I never touch the ground. They put me down to crawl. I stood instead and walked. Days later, I heard a beat drop and dance the rest of the way. The universe always says yes. In peace. That was phenomenal. That was so powerful. There were so many lines in there that were that were just like little nuggets, you know. When you were, uh, oh God, I didn't and I didn't write it down because now I'm not going to be able to think of it. But there were lines through throughout the whole thing that were just really, really clever. You know, using saying something but meaning the opposite was what you were doing with a lot of them. You were saying one word, but it actually meant the opposite of what you were trying to say, and it was real clever. And I wish I could remember one of them now, but because I've been talking, I won't. But it, I loved it. <laughs> Damn it. Glad you enjoyed it. Okay. I can't send it to you on Facebook, but I can send it to your email. Um, that would be awesome. Okay. All right. Love you. Aren't you Thank on? You. Aren't you on like Poetry World page? What, what, all what, poems, uh, anything like that? I'm on um, Friday. You know, I'm always there on uh, all poetry. Uh, I mean, uh, World. Uh, sorry, World Poetry Open Mic. If you come and visit there in the chat room, I get uh, my email address, and I'm on all poetry. I mean, on all poetry dot com, and I'm poetry too. Poetry soup is my favorite, but um, but we can communicate if you come and visit us sometime over at uh, World Poetry overnight tomorrow ten o'clock. I would love to visit you to visit us over there. Just send me reminders. Fridays is normally my day. I head up to Portland on Fridays, and so I'm not always home. Um. But no. send, please send me, post them on my page because even if I'm not home, someone can go. I can't post anything on your page. Uh, oh, with, um, so pay attention. Pay attention, Nyla. I just said I can't get on Facebook, but you can email it to me. And the man, get with Stan the man. He's there every Friday. Get with okay. somebody that we know. Somebody posts this event on my page, all right? There's a bunch of you listening, I know. Um, But, yeah, somebody make sure that, you know, if you have shows coming up or things that you're doing or something even local in your area or there's, you know, a poetry show, this radio show, um, jump on my page and post it on there. Let people know what's going on. Kind of use it like the bulletin board in the coffee shop. That's what it's for. 
No, we just want you to come over for your soup because we love you. We want to hear you over there. Sometimes we want to hear your stuff, and then we can communicate in the chat room. So come over there. Uh-huh. Stan has all the information. Give him up. Okay. I will do that, ma'am. I will do as I am told because I am a good daughter. Yes, and also we love you. And all of us poets with different shows and stuff, we all need to communicate. We need to hear you sometimes. You have to have to get your stuff too. All right. All right. Love you, Mama. Bye-bye, honey. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hey, sweetie. How you doing? I'm good. I hope you can hear me okay because I have to be on the speakerphone because my poetry is saved in my computer and not written. <laughs> <laughs> so are you just uh, – introduce yourself real quick. Uh, uh, Agent 419, Shelly Gambino <laughs> reporting for duty. <laughs> Indeed, you are. Okay, so, yes, we can hear you. You sound fine. Are you actually, like, screaming okay. across the room or something? Uh, no, I'm actually in a bathroom that's not done yet, so you're probably echoing from that. Working on my house. I was going to say there's great reverb and, you know, great sound effects going on. So, yeah, this, this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, are we still on for two? Okay, uh, the first one that I'm going to read, I heard you guys mention poetry prompts, and I try to do it on a daily basis uh, when I see pictures that, like, do an image in my mind and I write what I see. So this poem is actually based off of a poetry prompt of a lady that had blood red lips with uh, blood on her fingertip and her nail polish was the color red. So I wrote my bleeding heart, obviously. Um, blood wet fingertips, color of my bleeding lips, Nail polish sure to match, world of pain sustains me. While my profusely bleeding heart is calling out your name in a silent humming whisper, loud enough for only me to hear. Love, it can be so gentle, yet love can also cause heartache and pain. In the throes of loving someone too much, my heart it has bled out. By bleeding in the wake of you, with only the haunting memories of you to remain, lingering on my brokenheartedness at the thought of losing you to never see your smiling face, or to never feel your tender embrace, to never be captivated by the warmth of you, the light and ray that you emit unto my world, my sunshine, my love, my grace, to never experience the reasons why I love you, to never love this way again. Oh, my bleeding heart, to think of you this way, red blood pouring out the gashes of my wounds, please help me to cauterize, to stop the bleeding, to stop feeling this way. My love for you is here and now. My love for you to stay. Will you? And peace. <laughs> you know, as soon as you describe the picture, I'm seeing that in my head, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm seeing, and then it kind of, the rest of the woman forms, and I'm seeing her standing there and, and all this, and you start reading. And and in my brain while you were reading it, I was picturing like a woman standing center stage in a play and that was like the epilogue and she's she's you know like reading it as the moral to the story that of what we just watched and she's holding this you know the nails and the the, the bleeding heart and the but she's reading it as an epilogue you know as, as her closing statements uh you know and speaking to the audience i just i, I thought it was awesome great job honey 
Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, the other one I have tonight, I just got a new pair of shoes, and so did my boyfriend. So we went shopping this weekend, and we're talking about breaking them in. Breaking them in. So your soulmates. Yeah, that that was a, a line that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was the line that he suggested after I read in my preliminary, and I'm like, oh, thank you. And yeah, so he contributed a little, a little for that part. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I call it soulfully I tread, solely taking steps. Okay, gonna break in my new pair of shoes. Gonna start off right by running after you. Gonna use my soul to search for my mate. Beginning on the right foot, one step at a time. I'll take. Until it is true love I find, I'm going to break in my new pair of shoes. No matter sandal, tennis, or boots, I'm going to let my heart walk all over you. The paths I'll blaze will all be anew, wanting nothing more than to walk beside you. Yes, today, I'm going to break in these new pair of shoes, replacing the old ones. With each step, I have only the best intentions. It's about time I make the connections. Starting fresh, starting new, trying to start something with you. The path I take leading me directly to you. I want nothing more than to break in these brand new pair of shoes. With absolute certainty, I'm going to take my step. That one at a time eventually will lead me to you, my soulmate. Breaking, I'm breaking, breaking in my new pair of shoes. With them solely I tread. My heart to follow my head can't get you out of mine. One step at a time, taking those soulful steps that lead me to you. With little effort, my feet and conscience have agreed. You are who I love. You are all that I need. Tonight I break, breaking out, going to break out these new pair of shoes. My feet, they hurt. The fit was great. The thought did count. They did the trick. They led me straight to you. I kicked them off, left them by the door. Tonight I broke. I broke in my new pair of shoes. Tonight is only you and me, left barefoot and free. And if the shoe fits, wear it by any and all means necessary. And peace. You know, I love that for so many reasons, but I have to tell you, Shelley, that, I, I mean, I, I, I seriously, you guys have no idea. I'm not even going to embarrass myself by telling you, but I have such a shoe fetish. I love shoes, and I think that being short, because I'm only, I'm not even 5'1", I'm just barely, you know, just under 5'1", um, all my life I've been able to wear really high heels and was still short, so I always loved being short. Because it didn't matter what, how high my heels were, I was still short. I never, you know, had to worry about being taller than my boyfriend or whatever. Um, so I, I love shoes. But you're sitting there and you're saying that and, you know, you get to the part where, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of shoes, my heart's going to walk all over you. And immediately, of course, I went to Jane Fonda and these boots are made for walking, you know, which I think yeah. you were kind of, you know, that, that reference in there, you know, uh, that, that song that she does. So I'm picturing her prancing around. You know, in in these boots, I'm listening. So now, all of a sudden, you're reading, but you're wearing high heel go go boots, and you look like Jane Fonda while you're reading. Okay. <laughs> and I, I mean, it was just fun. It it was a fun play on words. It was sassy. It was great, and you know, it just it was awesome. It made me think. I mean, I have such a, seriously, I have such a thing for stocking and stockings and heels. Okay, and I and I think that maybe because it's something that's so entirely feminine, you know, but at the same time, dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. something that is completely 100% feminine, but also at the same time perceived as dangerous. So I th- I think I love that that image play and, and and something about it. I don't know. Maybe Freud can tell me what it means later. But um, so 
you know, I'm, I'm, so all these things are swirling around my head while I'm listening to you. Oh, it was Nancy Sinatra. You're right. Sorry. I don't know why I said Jane Fonda. Um, thank you, Dennis, for correcting me. <laughs> Nancy Sinatra. Boots were made for walking. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, just, don't just do it. All this great imagery and, and fun things that, that, yeah, popped into mind. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I was going to say, don't do what I did, because I have, like, 20 different pairs of six-inch heels, and you're lucky because you made five foot. I'm not even five foot. If I'm lucky, four, four, four foot, three quarters of an four eleven, three fourths of an inch. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I went to the doctor one time, and I used to run all the time, and I walk now still every day because I force myself. But they said that there's you wear out your feet, and I have arthritis on the top of my feet from wearing no shoes all the time on both of them, on the tops of it because of the arch. And they hurt and they cry because I have those shoes I can never wear. So, <laughs> and be careful. Yeah, <laughs> you always have to have them, though, you know. Yeah, I, I pop them out, but, like, gosh, once in the last two or three years is when I wore one pair. So, but you don't think about that stuff because I was on a pool league and I'd wear gowns down to my ankles and six-inch heels, and I loved it. And I stood up most of the time because there was no place to sit. And you're standing up for hours on end, and yeah, I just did some damage there. <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway, you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweetie, do me a favor, honey. Tell everyone how to find you. Uh, poetical intrigue. Uh, I have a Facebook page. It's poetical, not political, because I don't want to go there. <laughs> poetical intrigue, and then um, Shelly Gambino at Facebook. G A M B I N O. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, great job, and I can't wait to see what you bring back next week. Thanks, baby. Uh, Well, thank you. Have a great evening. You too, hon. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 256. 256, you're on the air. Good evening, Milo. This is Stan. Hey, Stan. How are you doing, love? I'm doing fine. It's a good evening. It is a good evening. It's been a really fun night so far. Yeah. I must say so it's I it's about it. to get better. Oh, okay. Stan, the man, is in the house, right? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. You're welcome. I was saying that for Mama. Oh, I know. I, oh, I have to throw got... that in there because she gets mad that I, she says I steal you from her. Ooh. Yeah, that, that, don't want to do that. Don't don't want to piss off Mama. I love Mama. Never. All right. No. So, what's going on with you? What's happy and amazing? What's going on for Poetry Month? What did you bring us? Why did you bring it to us? And do you have cookies? <laughs> I have homework. I that's better than cookies. Uh-uh. There you go. And it's off the word Garden Gate. Hello. Oh, I was. I was. I thought you were going to start reading, so I was. I was being quiet. Oh, that okay. was me being well, quiet. <laughs> ah, okay. Go ahead when well, you're ready, I'm sweetheart. I'm going to go ahead and read this. It was by the garden gate. My mind returns to find the place of innocence and green my peace of mind. Mortality can be cruel, robber of love and elation. A joyous life passing away, blossoms dying, winter season. Now the garden and asphalt field, 
Black, the only color it blooms. Traffic of frantic humanity speeds by in metallic plastic tunes. My one hope in my passing, a return to the garden and kin. The great tree sentry again at gate. Blossoms of laughter blooms and grins in peace. Okay, I have to tell you, I thought that was amazing, and I had this incredible thing I was going to say to you, and I looked yeah. down at the chat room, and Dennis says, Stan, the old heartbreaker. Aww. And it totally, I read that and started laughing, and everything that I was going to say just totally went flat out of my brain. <laughs> Mr. White Stan, the old in. heartbreaker. <laughs> I know it. I know it. <laughs> And the thing that I know, Dennis will get you. He'll get you. <laughs> very gently, well, very gently, very subtly, but he gets you. Mhm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just, I just, seriously, I had something great. I, I can't even remember what the poem was about right now. It made me laugh. And I'm sitting there trying to think what the poem was even. I know that I really enjoyed that poem. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the archives because I've read them now. But he's totally, it's just like he, he's like this weird magician just reached in my head and stole my brain. <laughs> just totally caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, I tell you. I'm glad you're reading too. Unless that was a second, then I'm really in trouble. <laughs> no, I know it wasn't a second. No, there was a second one. Okay. And uh, this one was uh, in the uh, Poetry of Spring Embrace group. And the this was a little bit of a challenge because I was actually writing to my own prompt, which happened to be a piece that I'd written as a brevity. And I used it as the quote, which is what we use as a prompt. And the brevity I used was, Fame is fleeting. Fashion is fickle. Elegance takes its time. That's why it endures. And I thought, oh, I can write to that. Well, you know, rewriting something in a different way or a different perspective from something you've already written, it's a bit more of a challenge than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Because the other, you've already have a fingerprint there. Yeah. It already has a memory think- file that you're trying to write over. So I, I think I've decided after doing this, uh, I'm going to find somebody else's quotes. <laughs> you know, it is. It, it, it's like retracing your own brain and then trying to find a different path for it. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's different. So I wrote this piece. It is Patience and Poise. The dragonfly flits and skirts the air in the creek surface, a rainbow imbued by sunlight through flash-fluttered wings. Flashy fashions like a fad of nature. Then the arrival of bird and song, bright colors and feathers and voices, heralding the arrival of the season, rebirth of nature in song and color, fame performance, in a seasonal celebration. But what vision and presence more dramatic or stunning than the common caterpillar reborn as a magnificent butterfly, born to elegance in its patience 
and poise and peace. That was phenomenal. Thank you. That was that, like I said, that, that was a challenge. It was to, to, you know, still have the perspective, but try to find a new way to express it. Mm-hmm. That was different. That was different. Well, you know, if if your reaction to it was is what it is, you know, that was difficult, that was weird, that was hard, you know, that is something you should challenge yourself to do more often then. Because when it's uncomfortable is when we grow. And that was a great piece. Yeah, that was, like I said, it was definitely, <laughs> it was a challenge because, like you said, <laughs> the, the fingerprint was already there. Yeah, you it's know, like trying the, to rewrite over a file or paint over a picture. Yeah. Or rehum yeah. a tune. Yeah, here you go. But I did. And I got to admit, it, like I said, it was a challenge. I enjoyed it. You enjoy you enjoy challenging yourself as a writer with all things, and it's one of the things I really admire about you, by the way. You, oh, you are my poster you. child for making messy with muses. Oh, yeah. I have made some messes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. All right, sweetheart. Do me a favor, honey, and tell everyone how to find you. Well, you can find me in the 2017 or the 2018 anthology of World Poetry Open Mic. You can find me in the Outlaw Poets anthology, Outlaw Poetry. We're in cahoots. All of those are on Amazon. Uh, Of course, you can find me in Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, You can find me at the uh, Hurt Locker on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. where I co-host with Holly Woods. That's on the Epiphany Radio. And uh, you can also find me at Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit group, uh, Outlaw Poetry group, uh, and a few other spoken word venues. <laughs> and that's about it. He's everywhere. Google him. <laughs> oh, God. I've always had this nightmare. Somebody Googles my name, and Google comes back and goes, who? <laughs> right? Are you kidding? Or it come by, I, the first time I googled myself, it was a porn star. Because oh. my my first name's Nyla, or my my name is Nyla Tay, and it's shortened right. to Nyla, but Nyla Tay. And and there's a there's a uh, porn star that's Nyla N Y L A, and the last name of T A Y. So it's my name just split in half. It's a, this. Oh, Gorg- wow. I mean, this gorgeous, gorgeous woman with this this hiney that won't quit. And I, I would love to have her fanny, but, you know, <laughs> I wish that, that was my picture. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you got to be careful what you Google, what you find Very out careful. about yourself. You know, it's really yeah, funny. It's so you were, you were reading that piece, and I get this message from Dennis, a private message from Dennis that says, Sorry, Nyla, and the eyes are rolling. And I'm thinking, you don't fool me. You don't fool me. You're not really sorry. You're just doing that to distract me again. You're just being really super clever. It's like, I'm on to you, buddy. (laughs) 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 You you look like you're saying sorry, but really you're doing it again, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love you guys. All right, sweetie, tell everyone how to find you. 
I did that. I Again, think it's time for just real quick, oh, okay. just the Facebook page. Well, that's just it, Stanley Phillips. That's me. All right. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Thank you. Thank you, and on to the next. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Oh, why? Why do I have to be on? <laughs> Is uh, do, do you not want to be on? You pressed one, dude. <laughs> no one forced you. I'm not there. I'm not, you know. No? You sure? You sure about that? Oh. I might be. All right. So, yeah, I might be. You just don't know. Uh, that's like I remember one time I, I tried I tried to just be listening, and and uh, all of a sudden it's like uh, get this get the unmute and it's like you tell me no you can't be just listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like, I don't care if you press one or not you're you're not you're not you're not just listening. <laughs> yeah yeah see it's okay. <laughs> so there you go. That's um, I did do that. Hey. <laughs> So, yes, indeed. So, how are you doing, Miss Nyla? I'm doing wonderful, Mr. Soldier Blue. You want to introduce yourself to everybody? You just did. I know, but you have to say it because <laughs> it sounds cooler. Huh? Oh, okay. Well, I can say it in I can say it in my people's language. Okay. Aguida Trojo. I want a cool name. You got to make up a cool name yeah. for me. <laughs> we'll work on that one. Okay. Uh, and just be kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I don't. See, well, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes along with that, but that's not the, <laughs> the, the purpose. The purpose of name. The purpose of names is not to stick someone stick someone with something that's going to be like pin the tail on a donkey. You know what I mean? You know, tell that to. To uh, Quantum Parker's uncle when they named him Buffalo Pizzle. Yep. Because know. you know they, they 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 made a mistake in the language and so it was Chief Buffalo Pizzle is the name that they they had on because they 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 thought it was Buffalo Penis and but they couldn't put penis in an official government record and so they sat there and deliberated mm-hmm. you know how do we why would they name the, and that wasn't his name but that's just was mm-hmm. white man name they gave him. But because they couldn't yeah, use the word yeah. penis, it was mm-hmm. buffalo pizzle. There you go. Yeah. Not crazy. Chisel my mizzle. What? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got, we've got to be careful the names we get get pinned on us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know it. So what what is going on yeah. with you? What's, uh, what's new? What do you have for us? Well, actually, I'm just kind of looking at things going on up there north and... Uh, and they're t- still, you know, still trying to, well, it's a, to me, it's just, like I say, I mean, I'm still thinking about, you know, like what I was talking about last week and, and the, the, that work in terms of, you know, here you are, you know, two years after the initial, or not the initial, but just the latest crisis point to be, be more frank about it. But, um, you know, with the, with, uh, 2016 and the, 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 uh, pipeline at that point. And now um, all of the other pipelines said, and you know, they got one up in Canada. That's that's people are are uh, well, basically.
basically going to be on the putting their putting themselves on the line for. And then I know that the um, uh, Anishinaabe people are, you know, trying to reverse the uh, issues of uh, pipeline number three that they want to do over the Great Lakes, which would definitely interfere and or negate due to quote unquote accidental leakage from said pipelines so in, in uh, their their treaty rights in terms of first right of harvest of the uh, wild rice on the lakes and then you got uh, going on up there in the South Dakota right now you got the the flooding going on with the uh, in large part with Pine Ridge but also with uh, the Cheyenne River people who are at the same time dealing with the uh, KXL pipeline. So there's all kind of stuff that's just kind of like breaking loose in terms of, you know, some, somewhere between uh, the altered effects of nature as well as the uh, indeterminate greed of a few people who just have no no conscience in terms of how they get their money, if you were going to, to, be, to be blunt on, it, on that. So... I don't know. I'm just. I mean, I'm trying to say I'm just watching a lot of those things and seeing where they go, go and see what happens next. Basically, um, I got uh, one piece to this evening. That, uh, I'm not really doing anything in terms of any specifics yet because there's, you know, like I said, like I say, right now we're just kind of like at the beginning stages of a lot of those kind of situations. But this one just kind of generally touches on some of the, you know, kind of like observations, I guess you could say. It's called uh, Stray Dogs. Stray Dogs, Shonge, bone patterns upon the earthen litter of yesterday's forest. Oktabe, Sidoji, black cloven hewn in the haste of their splayed nature. Somewhere lost, Ukpate between domestic and a howling at the unforgiving moon, relentless in its rise, made to give soft shine upon the night, born morning, night travelers, oh, yes. Stars, diamond tithes of night, red earth. I can always tell when my people are getting ready to jump up into the ether, of another space, another day, ether, discernment, songs of observation and blood, Wabin, Wahi, careful calculations, incised bones, the scent of petroglyphs in motion, home on night travelers, dreamers screaming, Nagonska. Agonies of blinding light, a flash of incandescence, the shatter of any decipherable visions. Bird cries where the lightning sleeps too deeply, secreted spaces, spirit within flesh. Eventually, everything sleeps. Skull fragments, shards of teeth, words thus spit sound the same, etched in shadow and smoke. They still bite. Mm. 
stray dogs, rites of visitation to the ruins of living with humans. They steal bones with opportunity and relish. Spill the bones, loose the numbers, odds and evens. Gather the dust and blood left behind. Stars, words, celestial syllables are written for everyone. Stray dogs, shonge, will find you, bite you deep into the root of canines. Run as you will into the wastelands. We will follow your spore. They will follow your spore. Sand, stony dew, sharpened thirst without water. You cannot escape them. The lambent scent of your fears below the thrust of their muzzles. They are coming. Throats lifted at full bay, moonshine, day glow, stand or fall. They are coming, stray dogs of a season, the chemical manufacturer of byproducts unintended. We are the ghost road born, immune to their hunger. Bones of sound, dissonance, carrying crows connected to the ravening winds. Songs sharp and strange. Wisps of apparitions, homeward bound. Stray dogs, they are coming, hunting, travelers of the night, home on it. That was incredible, Soldier Blue. Thank you. You're very welcome. Just, There's just, so many I lines. I just see things coming, so that's that's kind of like oh, I'm just saying that's that's basically what that's about. I'm just seeing things coming. No, is it? It's, it's kind of funny, isn't it? There, there's. You know, and I know that we've all experienced this, especially being artistic, creative people and seeing the world differently than other people. But, you know, we've all been to that place where we see something so clearly. You know, and and don't you just you just don't understand how other people don't get it. You know, how they don't see it, how how it's sitting there on the table, an orange is an orange, there's no debating that it's an orange, but they don't see the orange. And it, it's just like that, that, yeah. yeah. Awesome read, sweetheart. Thank you. You are I very welcome. That. Do I have time for one more or not? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, this one doesn't have a have a title. It's just something that just kind of developed. Daylight shifts, shafts, shape change. Moonlight strikes in retinal patterns. Pools of innate darkness. Skull features reformed. Wapah. 
it is an easy death. The bed of storms where the lightning breaks sound barriers and malleable flesh. The wither of dawn, the creased stains of hailstone scars, gasolin, bassi. Flooding rivers, the rage of spring cool in full motion. Bathin Hona Winkashin Sacred Stranger Credence of what is in becoming a burgeoning belief. We were taught the act of touching the earth. Monthinton. It is a basic necessity of beginnings. Dahon here. Words rising by heat. Songs to make a book of dreams. Monte. The seeds of earth before us. The roots of language within. When we sweat. You can read the prayers written there in the elements of who we are, all the elements of life, part of the fabric of our skin, spirit flies high, touches the sodden curve of bird cries, it is us, we are touching the earth, an act an act of prayer, we get. Ghost road born, you see the bone missives of stray dogs. We are ghost road born. The struggle is the flooding. It's on everybody's mind. And peace. Yeah, the whole piece was incredible. But at the, at the ending, when you said it's on everybody's minds, you know, the, I think that the biggest impact of that sentence is the fact that it's not, and then the fact that it's not, and that it should be, makes that sentence even more powerful. You know, writing the opposite. Um, just fantastic piece, on Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, you know the drill. There you are. Oh, okay, yes. Um, uh, oh, uh, Rafe Wild, and then in the parentheses underneath that, you can, uh, it says Soldier Blue, and I'm on Facebook uh, under that, so you can find me there. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, great job on both of those pieces. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> As always, I thank you for this platform for self-expression. Smile on Our pleasure, honey. Love you dearly. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give the next few callers, our next three callers. Uh, We've got 734-910-832 and 540. That's the lineup right now, next four callers. We do have area codes down at the bottom. We have 903 and 256. You guys are not in the lineup, so if you would like to read 903 or 256. Go ahead and press 1 at any time, and that will put you in the lineup, and you can come on and read. All right, I got you, 903. So 256, if you want to read tonight, press 1. Otherwise, 
If you're hanging out listening to the show, appreciate you being here. If you change your mind at any time, you can press 1. That's 256-256, press 1 at any time. If you decide you want to come on tonight, otherwise glad you're here listening. All right, our next caller comes from area code 734. 734, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Dennis White from Michigan. (laughs) Hey, Dennis, how are you doing, you little instigator? (laughs) Who, me? <laughs> Who me? Yes, you. I knew what you were doing. I I gotcha. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'll have to be more clever. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I were to cast you in a role in life, it would be in, as Puck in uh, Midsummer's Night Dream. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> or or Ariel in The Tempest. Yeah. Ariel in The Tempest. Oh wow. I'm feeling more literary every time you say something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what did you, what's going on with you? What did you bring us tonight? Well, this is April. Happy April. I know, happy poetry month. I'm so excited. Yes. (laughs) We don't need a reason to celebrate, but we'll take it anyway. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, any any excuse we have for cupcakes, I'm good. Yeah, Life is just April, a venue it's, for it's frosting. So many, so many things going on in April. Poetry readings all over the place. What a great month. <laughs> you know, that's true, and you bring up a really good point. Um, that's one of the things I was going to – I had written in my notes to talk about at the beginning of the show and, and totally just breezed right over it. But there are a lot of events going on for National Poetry Month. So you guys should all Google your area, writing events in your area, get a hold of the library, ask what's going on, you know, look in the, uh, look in the social section on Craigslist for your area, whatever, because people – there's all kinds of things that you guys can go to and have fun at and – and explore during National Poetry Month in your area, even though, you know, even if you live in a two-horse town, trust me, there will be some something going on somewhere. So, uh, yeah, Google that and find out. Okay, I'm Yes, done. indeed. <laughs> we're, we're, we're having a big poetry reading in a local town in a big venue that we've been uh, going to. This will be our fifth year going there, and we get excited every year, and, it just keeps getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger each year. More people show up, and it's uh, it's it's very exciting to share poetry with with the community and people that that don't deal with poetry every day. They they get uh, uh, exposed to it, and uh, we scare them away till next year. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you're planting those seeds. You're planting those seeds. Yes, we are. Uh, So, all right, I guess I will get on to what I was going to read. I left a note in the the chat room. Uh, I have been, uh, had the fortunate uh, pleasure to write, uh, co-write with Cynthia Sharp from Vancouver, Mm -hmm. British Columbia. She is a a very talented uh, poet, and she's a, uh, what a wonderful uh, a person to, to write with. She's so very creative, uh, and she uh, is very adaptable as far as styles uh, and everything. And 
we decided that we would collaborate on a couple poems. So we, we've written a couple of quatern form poems, and uh, they are, are in the... Uh, uh, in the they're they're in they're in the e magazine that she writes for monthly, which is uh, Cradle My Cradle My Spirit uh, Movement in Light, uh, and she writes there monthly. And I left a uh, a link to the po- poem I'm going to read, and uh, so you can check that out and check her work out because she's such a such a wonderful, endearing poet, very encouraging to all poets, and uh, what a wonderful treat it was to write with her. But uh, with that being said, I would like to read this poem, uh, As Spring Arrives. It's a quatern uh, form poem. It was written by Cynthia Sharp and Dennis White. As spring arrives to our delight, a welcome friend returns at last. The crocus rise from slumber's night. Another winter now has passed. The frosted earth relents its hold as spring arrives to our delight. Sweet snowdrops blossom in her gold, a waking dream she will ignite. By seasoned artist with foresight, this sequenced order, not by chance. As spring arrives to our delight, the flora, fauna, join in the dance. From sacred soil all life reborn, and days return to dreamy light. This wondrous season welcomes morn as spring arrives to our delight. End of poem, a poem written by Cynthia Sharp and Dennis White. So I was trying to, I have the page pulled up and I was going to read along, but I decided not to because I didn't know if uh, the parts that each of you wrote were going to be clearly defined or not. And so I just wanted to listen and see if I could tell which parts, who wrote which parts. And I would have to tell you that I think that you found a very good voice to write with because it was really hard for me. I couldn't decide for sure to where I could confidently say 100%, this is his part, this is her part. You guys wrote that very, very well together in in one very united voice. We meshed together very well. Uh, Mm -hmm. She is very talented uh, and she... If you hear her read live or uh, hear her on YouTube, uh, she has a very soft, mesmerizing voice, and, and it, it just it really draws you in. Uh, you you should check that out also. <laughs> what a, what a, what a great cool. poet she is. <laughs> and it was a real treat for me to, to work with her. So... Uh, I uh, I definitely give her a plug because she deserves it. She is such a wonderful encourager of all poets uh, at whatever stages they're at. She's she's there. She's a cheerleader, and but but she's so talented in her own right, and uh, I, I I like to acknowledge that. But 
I'd also like to thank you for providing this platform. Uh, it is a wonderful thing to be able to get out and share your work and get it out there and let other people hear it, even though they may not agree with it. At least, you know, let them consider it. And that's mm-hmm. all I could ever ask for. And uh, thank you so very much for your faithfulness, for, for being on this program year after year, week after week. It, it, you are such a blessing to all of us. So I want to say thank you so very much, Nyla, for that. Uh, You're very on. welcome, honey. <laughs> moving on, uh, my poetry may be found at allpoetry.com. I write under the, the writing name of Haiku Less You with hyphens between the words. So if you want to see some more of my work, uh, go check it out. And uh, I think you'll find something you'll like. <laughs> I can only <laughs> hope. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to step aside and let the next poet step up to the mic, and I'm going to say God bless. God bless you as well, Dennis. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job, both of you. Let her know that we loved it. I will do that. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetheart. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code nine one zero nine one zero. You're on the air. Maybe nine one zero is on the air. I'm now you hey, are. Hey Nyla. Hey sweetheart. Yeah. What you doing? Happy National Poetry Month. I I've been here many times on National Poetry Month. Mhm. You have. You've been here for a long Can time for me? lots of things. So I'm just going to read this. Took a run out to California. Would go back from time to time. A love hate relationship. Baby dropped me for a guy from Indiana. Was of no concern. I lost interest a long time ago. Ran into a girl from Lebanon. Her daddy flew jets for an airline out of the out of the Mediterranean. I back in her Audi, somewhere near Van Nuys and Roscoe. Once she stepped out, walked back to look over the damage. My jaw dropped. Took a chance on that five foot nine mahogany haired Lebanese queen. She stole my attention. Offered up my number. Made it clear I had an interest more than fixing her car. She stayed over on Sherman Way, doing great at Los Angeles Valley College, getting credits for UCLA. I said, why don't we go out for a quick bike? I got this place that has new ones, 94th Aero Squadron, up by the airport. How about dinner? Say 7 o'clock, I'll pick you up, treat you like a lady. Arrived early, went for escargot and oysters, a bottle of wine, a few shots of Stuck in each other's eyes, I took her hand and said, let's get out of here. Took her up to Mulholland Drive. The early morning traffic in the valley. Opened the door for her, whispered in her ear, take a good look at Los Angeles. She fell in love with my city. We both fell in love with each other. It was that simple. It's called Mulholland Drive. My name is Glenn Still. Boom. That was really beautiful. That so was how awesome. are you doing now? I'm doing really well. I'm 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 having fun tonight. It's been a great week. I've actually been really productive this week, so I'm like really proud of myself because <laughs> I get You're distracted a lot so of easily. Yes. Always right. Yeah. All right. Here's my yeah. second one. Out okay. here in Coco Land, 
where limes grow, avocados taste a toiletry, oranges the color, and blood is vibrant. Mixed emotions smell disaster. Red is sweet or spell. They say, what goes is whatsoever. It resounds like a pilgrimage. The hassle is heartbound. Time is resigned to not kick. The clock watches through 99 cent sunglasses. Out here in Los Angeles County, school is lost in a collage cut out of articles in the LA Times. A village where when soever and whatsoever is part of the landscape. Decapitation comes slowly for those seeking favor from gods that don't exist. People chase dreams, trying to understand that California's land of bulls will wrap in wine that tastes like oranges and toilet water. They will always continue to look for answers that are unattainable. Out here in Cocoa Land, we all want to be the next walker on the red carpet. Isn't that the same everywhere people are? It's Paul Copeland, and my name is Lansville. I really think that you hit on some really good um, some really good emotional concrete provoked just imagery that really provoked an emotional response. You wrote about the flavor of the place very, very well throughout that whole piece. Well, yeah, the, the orange, the, you know, it, it was kind of like everything was, it's what I call like a paper doll, paper doll uh, description, you know, which, you know, the, you're kind of describing that, the town like that, you know, the the place like that, people in that place, you know, everything's like a paper doll. It, it's It's one dimensional or it's not what it seems or it's, you know, but this is the reality of it, and this is what it is, and you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's a masquerade. Mhm. Everything's papered off. But at any rate, yeah, you can uh, you can find me. Just Google me. Basically, I'm on Facebook right now, so I'll let you get to your next. Uh, the next uh, artist. All right. Thank you, Glenn. Great job tonight, honey. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye, sweetie. It's Mr. Glenn Steele. And our next caller comes from area code. If I can get it to come up. Come on, come on. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you are on the air. Good evening, it's Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, calling from Houston, Texas. Good evening. How are you doing, Miss Amelia? It is good to hear from you. I am Thank you for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> I think so. I'm are we doing? 
Well, <laughs> um, are we doing one or two? You can do two. They can't be real long now, though. When have you known me to do? Well, there was only one long poem, and I did advise you that it was long. Uh, but anyway, uh, I no, my pieces are, are fairly short. Um, I know. You're, so you'll be this fine. One, uh, this one is called uh, small, uh, small Things, Small Things. As the sun begins to set, the early spring sky is filled with hues, blue, gray, and red. Birds flying overhead, returning from their winter hideaways. A soft breeze blowing with a few scattered clouds flowing above. The earth is beginning to awaken from its winter slumber. The wildflowers are pushing past the dirt to blossom once again. The trees, leaves, and flamboyant colors are returning. I'm soaking up the beauty that surrounds me, feeling one with the earth, just as it is once again awakening, growing, changing. So am I. I can fly my new invisible butterfly wings growing and strengthening. Soon I'll be able to fly away from this perch. Just another day coming to a close, yet thanking God for his mercies and artistry. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. (laughs) That was beautiful, sweetheart. Great job. You said you have a second? Yes. This one is hot off the press. This one's hot off the presses. It's called Coffee and Cream. Coffee and Cream, a love story for the ages. Coffee decided to go out town, meet some new brews. Columbia came up to say hello but she was old news. He took Arabian and various African blends around the dance floor. They were really shacking the pots all over the place, brimming and brewing, boiling and boiling. It was a sight to see. Browns were flying all over the place when suddenly cream stepped into the coffee house. She was smooth and delicious, had her own brand of steaming hotness. Coffee stepped right up to cream, bold and full of flavor as he usually was. Cream was so taken by his dark color and aroma, she agreed to dance with him. Well, Coffee took cream into his arms as the music played. They melted into each other as though they had always meant to be. The rhythm of the night grew stronger and faster until they had become one. One delicious flavor of hot, steaming, 
caffeine elixir of passion. Coffee and cream danced into eternity, never leaving each other again, forever blended. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. We go together like peas and carrots, Janae. <laughs> you know, I I telling you the truth, Amelia, I'm probably going to have to wear gloves every time I drink a cup of coffee from now on. I'm I'm I I yes. I I I I think that I'm slightly traumatized when I think of my morning coffee now. Wondering what in the hell it's been up to, and I don't think I want to drink that shit anymore. <laughs> I think I, I'm going to go for orange juice this morning, folks. <laughs> Do I know what that is? No. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. <laughs> Amelia, Thank that was you, darling. Love you too. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis or Poetic Angel Queen, or you can Google me under Amelia T. Davis, or you can find me right here every Thursday night with Nyla. Much love, continued success. Next poet up, as Stan would say. <laughs> Thank you so much, sweetheart. You did awesome. Thank you. All right. Our next caller comes from area code five four zero five four zero. You're on the air. Five four zero. Are you with me? Dun, dun, dun. Five four zero. Five four zero. Are you muted? Do we not have you? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with 540. Let's mute them again. We'll take the next caller and go back and try them. So next caller, 903-903. Are you on the air with me? Are you there? I'm here. Uh, how are you doing, Nyla? Hey, sweetie. It's been a while. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Just busy. Work, 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 uh, work, I'm, work. Travel. Yeah, there, there, no, no moss grows on this stone here, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm doing all right. I'm just I'm working a lot, and I'm writing too. And uh, I'm not really doing anything that I know of. I'm trying to decide if I want to republish my first five or first six books just for myself or not. And I'm thinking about writing a, a poetry book, and it'll be about my life, and it's not going to be. One long epic poem, biographic, but it will be autobiographical. I've learned lately on Facebook, and I'm even on DeviantArt now, and I have my own blog. I'm finding that people care more about actual real experiences versus my made-up bullshit and uh, and other hateful things, too. So, I don't know. I'm... I'm thinking about doing it, uh, and I don't know if I'll sell it or what, but I don't know. It's it's up in the it's up in the air. So, but I'll keep us posted on that. All right, I will. And uh, I got uh, 
I know it's a little late, but I got my first poem is Happy April Fool's Day. And so it, Monday was April Fool's Day, and uh, I believe if I remember correctly, yeah. So I made a little... introduce yourself. I just got reminded that you didn't introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot. Got distracted like you did earlier. All right. Uh, this is Eric Nelson, Manly Shellman. Okay, go ahead. Is that better? That's right. better. <laughs> Happy April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. And every other name it is called in different cultures. It is a day of festive fun and celebration. Celebrating by playing practical pranks on everyone. Playfully lying by telling unusual jokes to everyone. Speaking our minds as if we were never allowed to laugh or even speak our minds because of our being in lower lower case versus being in upper case. Singing songs of all sorts of foolery, making fun of and exalting each fool as they truly are. Praising, mocking, and giving toasts to fools everywhere. Feasting and drinking like royalty. Dressing up as fools. Throwing and attending masquerade balls. Exposing fools by taking off the uh, of others' masks and pretending to be fools for the day. That's in peace. <laughs> that was awesome. You know what I did for my April Fool's joke this year, Eric? Yeah, I'm ready. I I, I took a black marquee, mar- a Sharpie marker, marquee. That's that's um, the the mashup of Sharpie marker is the marquee. Okay. Anyway, um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm, I'm afraid of three things. I, I hate moths, I hate spiders, and I hate clowns. Okay, and right. figs. Don't ask me about figs. Mm-hmm. Figs are just evil. So, but I, I'm I'm terrified of spiders. They make me cry. I mean, I seriously right. don't like them at all. So, for anyone that's been around me and has seen me um, discover a spider in the vicinity of myself, knows what happens. I mean, I was I, this is I was sitting there reading, uh, watching my uh, reading Reddit when I was at the dentist's office wait in the waiting room, and it showed this video of this guy being a smartass and taking a bite of a wild mushroom that he found in, in the wild, and a spider jumps out and crawls up his nose. Great big giant black spider. Okay, and I wasn't expecting that. It just said, you know, guy <laughs> eats mushroom, gets surprised. Yeah. So I'm watching this video of this guy eats this mushroom, and then all of a sudden this giant black spider jumps out of the mushroom like it's spring-loaded and right up his nose. And I screamed in the middle of the dentist office and threw my phone across the dentist office. Dang. <laughs> it, it just freaked me out so bad. And that was on the video. So for uh, April Fool's Day, I got the Sharpie, and I drew this great big, huge black spider um, on a piece of paper. And then right underneath it, I wrote April Fool's, and I pinned it to the wall in the uh, in the uh, medicine media room and sat there and I, so I started screaming and squealing that there's a great big giant black spider on the wall and you know people grabbing cups and newspapers coming to save me and rescue me and they throw the door open and it's a picture of a spider it was really funny I guess she had to have been there but it was really <laughs> funny yeah I bet that sounds pretty funny that's cool 
I had uh, my own April Fool jokes, but I can wait for another day for that. Uh, I still got time to read uh, one more, another yeah. one. Okay, cool. I was making sure. All right, this one is uh, supposedly, um, and I don't know for sure, but supposedly April Fools comes from the Festival of Fools, and it has several different names too. But uh, so I wrote a poem called Festival of Fools too. So, you ready? I am. All right. Festival of the Fools. Festival of the Fools, in which is celebrated in different cultures as different names, originally celebrated by most cultures on January 1st, which was first coined in Britain in 1861, celebrates inclusive art of busking and street performance with foolish fun for all ages, devoted to community engagement and making arts accessible to everyone. Three full days of acrobats, circus act, acts, or arts, quirky comedy, and diverse music. In, middle, in the Middle Ages, a mock pope or a lord of misrule was elected. Ecclesiastical rituals were parried. Low and high officials swapped places. Could have originated from the Kalins and probably Christian adaptation of Saturnalia in the 13th century they became burlesque of Christian morality and worship despite repeated prohibitions and penalties imposed by the Council of Basel in 1431 these feasts didn't disappear until the 16th century often dressed in street clothing including women's clothing <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, masks, garlands of greenery, or even in full costumes. Priests and clerks wearing masks and dressed as women, panders, and or minstrels. Exalting fools and foolishness, praising and toasting every fool, mocking fools and foolishness, feasting and drinking like royalty. That's in peace. I love that. I love that history. I love that it originated from there. I didn't know this. You know, so you got curious about something and looked it up and, you know, learned more about it and all of that. Now I know this. I'm smarter because of you and more delighted because I have this knowledge in my head. That was incredible. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, and actually I knew of Festival of the Fools, but I didn't know what I actually read, just read to you, but... Um, they actually have a Festival of the Fools. It's on the East Coast. I forgot exactly where it is. I looked it up. I had to, I had to find it again, but they still have it today. Um, and it's a, it's a three-day, like I said in the poem, it's a three-day event. And it's kind of like Mardi Gras, and it's kind of like uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the movie and the book where they do, mm-hmm. uh, where they go to the festival. That's the Festival of the Fools. So, but that, I was just I'm interested. Gonna, I'm in, definitely going to have to read more about this now. I, I really appreciate yeah. you bringing that. Well, you're welcome. It, I just I was curious, so I figured I'd I'd let everybody know too. So, I there really appreciate it, and thank you. And uh, I just, this is 
Eric Shulman. You can find me on, or Eric Nelson Manley Shulman. You can find me on Facebook. It's Eric Shulman now. You can find me on uh, DeviantArt. It's Decape, 1985. And uh, that's that's really it right now. Thanks for having the platform. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sorry I'm I'm absent, but sometimes I just can't make it, unfortunately. <laughs> but I it's try. okay to have a life, just so long as you come yeah. home once in a while. That's right. Just once in a while. Just don't magically <laughs> as often disappear, as you right? Can. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk All to you right, next time. Thanks so much, Nyla. You're welcome. All right, have appreciate a good one. you. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. All right. Let's go ahead and try area code 540 again. 540, are you with me? Five four zero, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. I got you now. Um, this is so very good, but Hey, sweetheart, how you doing, honey? Uh, I mean I'm okay. It's a little bit tired, uh You sound tired. Much, you sound a little exhausted. Uh, So what do you have for us tonight, my love? Um, we'll call it the precept called the journey. Go ahead when you're ready. Are you there, sweetheart? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Yeah. Okay, go ahead when you're ready. Hi. Okay. When we live something together this month, when we show love and appreciation, Honey, are you here? Are you with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Can you hear me? I can. I can uh, hear uh, you uh, now. Uh, all right. Okay. 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 Oh, uh, I said that. Okay. That's brochure. Let me step in line. Let me breathe. Let me take the choice of my voice. How do you understand? How I take a man. I have a loving heart, but not ripped by the vulture. The torture at the spin. Wanted to hunt people down. So that life can be so hard. But I take charge. My time to receive the incredible. I need time and space to understand. Why everything is disengaged a chance to be wonderful. When people try to knock you down, 
when people are mad with their own experience within them. We lost you again, honey. Yeah, um, that's it. This is all right, guys, by the religious. Uh, take it to a moment, proper intro. I'm so sorry. I, I feel kind of uh, tired a little bit, but I want to do a poem. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you were able to get through, and I'm glad you were able to share that one with us. Before you take off and take your nap, my love, will you tell everyone how to find you? Viper Network is coming with the Wild Boss Movement. It's coming real soon. I'm aiming on the 15th. Um, and you can find me, Larry Shepard, on Facebook. All right, Larry, appreciate you so much. You're so important to us, and uh, it was really good to hear from you, sweetie. And you get some rest and relax up, okay, so you can come back next week. Okay. All right, baby. Thank you, hon. You're welcome. All right. So our next caller comes from area code 202. 202, you're on the air. Hello, hello, it's King's Cadence. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, and yourself? I'm doing wonderful. What's going on with you this week? Um, this, this is like probably the first time I did poetry this week. Um, my baby's been burning up everything. Uh, Janice Storm has been hitting it and destroying every mic she's got a hold of, <laughs> I've been I've been trying to just get back to it and you know, sometimes it's good just to be a fan and I've enjoyed doing that but I know it's feel like getting back on the mic again, so I'm back. Yay, I'm glad. So what do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? Okay, um it's it's short. So if I can get to off I will. But um um it's a piece called the finale. Okay. This show has had it all From twists and turns To actual people being concerned There was no me Until you whispered my kryptonym Then Big Bang Theory You could make a voice that screamed For my acceptance The entire life happened clearly With every show you encouraged And cheered for my supporting role And even when tears and pains Had me low You told me how much you loved me so much and you would never let it go. You know, when you go from a minor obscurity to respected poetry purity and the song plays and they chant only the strong stays but the emotion keeps pulling me. Now I'm a somebody. I bask in these lights almost nightly and what's frightening is people who never met me actually don't even like me. But I put my heart into my work. I'm not a power couple. I feel as one with the storm. As I realize how happy these guys think I'd be nowhere if I didn't come without a storm, so I'm ready now. For my curtain call, the lights warm my face. I feel as though I've reached the most peaceful place. My heart is racing. I've waited my entire life for this one moment that you created, so thank you all for being so patient. I love you to each person who know what it feels like to keep waiting. It's almost as if I made it. Yeah. 
I think I'm ready for the finale. NPC. I loved that piece. I absolutely loved it. That was incredible. Thank you. It's it's okay to be quiet sometimes, and it's okay to take a step back and and you know we don't always have to be in the limelight. But you know that piece right there was a perfect example of why you should not be silent very long. Yes, and uh, the other one is called taking time. Um, I can't find a line that feels as good as your hand inside of mine. Why can't we find these in-sync moments faster? Love, you know what I'm after. Give me that four-letter word that I love. Come on, you can say it. Safe. Now, how about we mean it with no motives between us? When your heart rests on my arms and you know that I'll guard you from any harm. No lies. I mean, any guy with the right size could try to invade your thighs, but I can do that if I do grind. It'll be from the friction of our minds. But I love you like first sight and puppy type, you know. Love you like dream mate, dream date. We create beautiful celestial inner space, that type of love. I can watch your eye color until a total new shade is discovered. I'll name it, appreciate it, and then re-wait for another. I feel your voice as it encases me, kisses, and then it escapes away with me. And I wish we were to reopen in new ways, and you show me how I'm still amazed. I wish you can feel this distress signal. I miss you. It's that simple. And I need you to keep it all in mind. And I'll enjoy you when you feel that it's time. But I understand that you need time to yourself. And peace. Very incredibly written, respectful, insightful piece. Um, I love a lot of the examples that I u- that you used in there. I think that you were able to It was just a really good look at the respect of a relationship that is not superficial. I think that you captured that real well. Oh, thank you very much. Um, anybody who needs to find me or wants to follow um, on as King's Cadence, uh, Cadence spelled, misspelled, K-A-D-E-N-C-E, um, also, you can find me um, on our group poetry page, uh, the Cadence Stone Poetry Hour featuring Desire. And uh, you can find me with um, the other part of my poetry team, um, Storm's Cadence. We have a group page, um, and Gina Storm, and <laughs> we're everywhere. So um, thank you for listening. We appreciate the mic, and I'll be back next week. So can I make a suggestion on something you just said real quick? Sure. So when you were when you were talking about when you were telling people how to find you and you said your name and you said cadence misspelled. This mm-hmm. when this is just going to be some food for thought. Misspelled means something's done wrong. Or misspelled mm-hmm. means, you know, that it's wrong. And that has a negative there's a negative reaction. People, oh, well, that's misspelled. You know, it's a negative thing. So I want you to change that. And from now on, I want you to say creatively spelled. 
because that that makes it a positive and a unique thing. Um, so yeah, say creatively spelled or uniquely spelled instead of misspelled okay. because it is a because right. it is a positive thing for sure. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you. I'll, I'll do it that way. I like that. Because if anyone ever said cadence, that's wrong. I'd have to go kick him in the shin for you. Because you know that's just the way I am. So, you know, we can't have that. <laughs> All right, hun. Fantastic job tonight. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, sweetheart. Uh, thanks for having. All right, honey. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code nine one nine. Nine one nine. You're on the air. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's up, sweetie? I got a couple of pieces for you. Good, what do good you evening, have, good sir? Yes, I got a couple of pieces for you. I think I read this one before. Okay. Okay. This one is called Mask. What burden the pretender does shoulder? What weight is illusion? How heavy is the facade? This must be what is meant by the iron mask. A mask we all have worn from time to time, our fears unconfronted obsesses us. We are afraid of the shadows. The darkness befuddles our thoughts, and we conjure demons, creating monsters only we can kill. So we pretend that the monster is dead and ever so often he rises hitting us on the head. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that one, was have awesome. One. I've not heard that one before. I think I think I think I did it one before one before the mm. was one's called Mask. I have another short one for you. Okay. Oh, I just, I just had a short one. I had it. Uh, I think I forgot on a, on a. Oh yeah, this is it here. Uh, which one? Oh yeah, this is it. This is it here. This one is called higher. Love goes stronger. Love goes stronger, while hate goes weaker. To truly love takes courage and we are hardly ever brave therefore love is lacking it is not incessant here hence the strife and perpetual malice be courageous and be true to oneself and having Defeated the enemy within. Condor wins. And the soul 
is light. What burden becomes deceit? Pitiable existence. I am a man. My skin is black. My soul is light. I am free. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Beautiful piece, sweetheart. Fantastic. So, great job tonight. I'm really glad that you were able to get here and share. And, yeah, it was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was my pleasure to get you in, you know. I was feeling too well last week. I feel a little better this week, so I had to had to come in and do my do. And I appreciate cool. you having me. Anyway, my oh, name we is Granville. You being here. Yes, my name is Granville, out of Wally, North Carolina. You can find me on Facebook, Granville John Hedrington. Or Instagram the same name, or you can find me on any download downloading media, uh, iTunes, Spotify, you know, any any one of them, amongst many others. Just look, just go in there, put in Gabriel John Hedrington, and you'll find a lot of my works. Not a lot, but you know, some of my works I have much more to put up. It, it's a serious thing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week, honey. Thank you. Look forward to it, my dear. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye, sweetie. All right. So I am going to play a track here real quick. Um, I've got to uh, see what's going on with my board since I can't access it at the moment. So let's go ahead and jump over here. I'm going to play Die Divina with Cinnamon Hearts, and we will be right back, folks. I call you at 3 a.m. to tell you that I love the way your nose wrinkles when you laugh. I call you to tell you you're my emergency contact. I'm sorry if that scares you, but I think it's really sweet, and also I need to make sure you can fulfill these duties. You call me little weirdo. It doesn't hurt my feelings, though, because I know it's true. Like how you say I always give you puppy dog eyes after I've done something horribly dramatic. It's not melodrama, it's strategy. And I can't help it if my eyes remind you of puppies, even in calls mind the way they shit all over everything when they get really excited. I do that sometimes, sorry. You make me so excited. You're like eating peanut butter toast at 3 a.m. in bed, except even sexier. When I get to taste you in my bed at 3 a.m., I don't mind that there's little morsels of you left all over my sheets, so I'll save them for later. I know, I kiss you like I'm searching for cotton candy in your throat. I can just climb in there and wait for it to melt all over me. Your sweetness stuck in my teeth and left me smiling for days. After that morning, you climbed up my bed so softly, so as not to wake me, and you tiptoed into the kitchen so you could fart and I wouldn't hear you. I was awake, so I heard you, but it's cool. Everyone says that farts are the person they love are the cutest thing ever. They're all lying, that's impossible, but your farts really are the cutest thing ever. And I swear, I can hear them crying a little because they have to leave their sweet home inside your body. I know how they feel. In my next life, I want to be an organ of yours so I can live somewhere in between your heart and the other parts of you I never want to have to crawl out of. I could be your kidneys or your spleen. When I was in the hospital because my spleen was so enlarged, the doctor said it could be a result of one of my other organs being in overdrive, and I said, in all seriousness, my heart, 
has grown about four times larger lately because there's this human who planted honeysuckle in my ventricles and then watered it with sunbeams, so it's growing so fast I can barely keep track of who I was without them and for another. I know it's not technically an organ, but my sex life has gone into overdrive lately, Doc, and maybe that's it. She said that's probably not it. I probably just had esophageal reflux disease, which is not as exciting, but fine with me, because when I told you that, you said, poor thing, took me to the ice cream shop, and then we boned all night like esophageal reflux disease might kill me by morning. You made me so hot that night, I thought the fire on your lips might kill me by morning. Your mouth always tastes like cinnamon hearts. I've decided never to ask why, so I can go on believing it's magic, just like I never asked why I always find sparkles all over all our sex toys. You're like a unicorn, except I don't have to brush your mane, but I get to ride you all night through the stars while they cheer for us. I have never done anything before that was worthy of the stars' applause, but I notice that when I'm with you, they tip their hats to me and they wink at me. I think I'm good at you. Even if I'm not, the way you look at me makes me feel like I am. I don't want a good job. I just want your lips all up on my face like a sassafras and then suckers and stuff to a scuba diver's mask. That's right. You're like peanut butter toast and a cephalopod. You said it's my poems that make you melt, but I'm starting to have doubts about that. I'm thinking maybe it's my hot bod or my smooth talk. And if not that, maybe it's the way we sit together like pork and apples. I'll be the pork because you're the apple of my eye. I don't know why I say shit like that. I resist that statement. I resist that statement. You're more like the apple that fell on Newton's head. Kind of painful when you dropped into my heart, but you made me realize how fucking awesome gravity is because you made me fall so deep into you, I suddenly found myself spelunking in your entire being. That was Di Divina with Cinnamon Hearts. I absolutely love that piece. It's a lot of fun. So I'm having some issues with my lines right now. Um, I'm going to try to unmute. I've got a couple of you still on, but I can't get anything. It shows that there's callers, but there's no buttons to unmute you. So I'm going to try to bring Mama back on and see if she's got something she would like to read. And then if I can't get this figured out that figured it out by then, I'm going to go ahead and bring Dennis back on. So both of you be ready to read another one. Let's go ahead and grab Mama. Mama, are you with us? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Do you want to share another poem with us, love? Okay. Um, wrong reasons as well as love you 
because they just do. What if they love you because you're rich and have more? That concept deems you poor or because you can sing and they can't or because you what they hate or because you love what they love or they measure true love. The measure of true love can never really be weighed. Though hate eats away at the core, it's the hater, not the hated, that gets devoured. Yet I wonder, why do people hate? Let us examine hate. Self-worth and shame, where does it come from? Hate comes from the feeling of an imagined threat, this threat which is now turned into fear and then manifests and develops into more aggressive action. He starts with the character of destination of a people or a person that brings about unworthiness. So whatever happens to this person, it is now his or her own fault. And no one should care or be held responsible for the victim befalling. I have been a hated person and never knew why. What threat do you perceive that I may propose by speaking truth? Remember, someone else's assets or talents are no threat to your own. Never compete nor compare. I instead draw from and learn from them. People are always an example of either what you aspire to become or remind you of what you can't become or what you don't want to become. Yet, Still, you become afraid and may have feelings that you do not want to acknowledge. This person makes you realize those feelings or face them. People come in octaves just like notes on a musical scale. So should middle C regret high C? Or do all the notes adore each other as they blend and complement to make beautiful music together? Stop being silly. Hate is nothing but jealousy, envy, and fear. Example, President D.T. is now sitting, yet for eight years he has stabbed out. Stabbed out from hate. And now he has become hated. His hate is combusted. Now it's turned into hate sports and it's landing everywhere. All this time. His heated brain has been frying. How can Obama, an African-American, outdo me and become the first president? How? Before me, with all my money and assume power, how could he outdo me? I can't be outdone. How could they allow this mulatto to beat me out? He has so many flaws, I will point them out. I now must bring him down to size. For eight years, he has stewed in his sick emotions of hate. Now he is unable to function normally. His reality is his alone. Delusional, illusional, and confused. So to do, so to right his wrong, they are now trying to make right be wrong. And wrong be the new right. Even it's been said that his undignified, crass behavior has somehow become acceptable. As he feels the president before him was too refined and appeared too 
dignified. Chosen, 45, knows nothing of dignity. He goes to what he knows. He states that OB was too soft and cool. President 45 has hardened his decor and his stupidity. His barbaric behavior has crystallized into an opinion or ideal that has become fixed mind. And he has imagined, he has managed to crystallize these feelings into the minds of many other ordinary Americans to offset and cover what he does not know. He becomes the new mindset. And now civility will not rest in his soul. So yippee, we can all run around nude, grab genitals, drop nukes, destroy the planet, and demonstrate our hate openly, ignore global warming, ignoring truth. Thus, the meaning of ignorance is to ignore the truth. Don't comply with the nonsense. Forget about it. Be happy with your own success. Measure your own success based on goals set and goals met. Yet, never use the measuring stick of a fool in peace. I loved that piece, Mama. I love the part in there. You know, figuring out a way to write it, I may even play with it a little bit, but you need to make this into bumper stickers, into coffee cups, into T-shirts, whatever. Okay, this line in this poem, because I think that it is really, all on its very own, it is a very profound statement. And it really stuck out to me, and it's like, that needs to be a bumper sticker. That needs to be on coffee cups. And it's a line where you said, and forgive me if I don't say it correctly, but um, we're all different notes. It takes individual notes to make a melody. Yeah, about the octaves. Blending yeah. Thank you. So I think that I think that that sentiment, when you think about it, you know, everybody, you know, everybody, we fight with each other because we we think we're right and people need to be like us and we hate because people aren't like us and and if something's different and we don't understand it, then it's bad and you know all of this stuff is force fed and, and taught to us anyway. But you know, because when one baby cries, they all cry that we aren't born with prejudices or hates. But, you know, think about that. You know, if everybody was exactly like you, you know, if we're all individual notes and everybody was exactly like you, and you, you, how could you create a song? How could you create a melody if we didn't have in distinct individual notes to create this beautiful thing with? You know, so somehow yes. that needs to be written in a form that would fit and look good on a, a coffee cup, that, that sentiment. I may help you do that. Okay, thank you. Well, my favorite was Think how cool that would be having your poem published on a coffee cup. Or a T-shirt, anything. Yeah, bumper sticker, mm-hmm. T-shirt. But like you yep. said, it's, um, it's kind of long, but I just read it because you said you couldn't get the line open, but I would probably <laughs> never read it or behind me. So I'm glad I did get to read it. But my favorite line is never use the measuring stick of a fool. Yeah, that's a good line too. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing had little, 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 uh, little gems hidden throughout the entire piece. It was a great write, Mama. I'm glad you read it too. Well, I wish I, I wish I could see the chat room. If there's anybody in there, I would love to see the feedback on that. But uh, yeah, 
I never get to read it because it is lengthy. So thank you for letting me share and calling on me. <laughs> Dennis sad, says, Mama throws me... it down, poetry of wisdom and truth. Listen to your mama. Mama nailed it. Bravo. That's all he ever says is listen to your mama. Listen to your mama. Listen to your mama. I'm a That's the best advice that. in the world, isn't it? Unless your mom is a bitch like mine. He says it on every I say form. that in my out loud voice. Oh, yeah. He says it on every form. That's Dennis saying that. I'm going to get Dennis when I see him. He's going to get it. <laughs> All right. All right, Mama, do me a favor. Okay. Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. I love you, Dennis. I'm not going to get you. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, when I said my mama, bitch, though it's not talking about this mama, I was talking about my other mama. Okay. Just had to clarify that so I didn't get hate emails saying, why did you say that about mama? Not this mama, guys. It's okay, breathe. All right, go ahead, honey. I love you in uh, whatever you say about your mama. It's your mama you say what you want to say about your mama. So. <laughs> And um, Dennis, I'm not going to get you. But next time I better not see this is your mama on as a comment or feedback. Or I am going to get you. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Love you, Mama. We'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Thank you. What, Bye. What, what? All right. So let's see if we can get Dennis back on real quick. See if he wants to read something else. Dennis, do you want to read something else? Yes, I do have one more poem to read, and I'm glad Mama isn't going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that could be, like, really scary, right? Uh, that That is a scary thought. You know, I'd rather I picture Mama getting me. It's usually over the stairs with a yardstick. Mm, I, have a, I have a lot of respect for her, and uh, I hope that – I didn't hope that that uh, would offend her. I, uh, I was – trying to tell other people to listen to her. So uh mm-hmm. she she has she has so much good stuff to share and uh and it comes from experience and and just uh she has a, a, a wonderful spirit and uh it comes from I deep, absolutely agree. I mean there's a reason we call her mama. That's not a title oh. someone earns lightly. I mean we have to call no. her real mom's mom. But for a community to call someone mama there has to she has earned that title she has earned that crown to wear you know that is for sure indeed mm-hmm. i agree <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so what else do you have you, to read <laughs> all right uh i wrote a second poem with cynthia sharp uh and this too is uh, has been published the title is amid the hope of april dream and it is written in the quatern form once again. So this is the poem. Amid the hope of April dreams, as cherries bloom in balmy wind, behold pink-petaled streams and all this warmth I can't rescind. Aroma wafts on gentle breeze amid the hope of April dreams. The flowery scent the nostrils tease while bees buzz by with nectar schemes. 
a whirlwind dances airy themes. Each blade awakes with morning dew. Amid the hope of April dreams, sweet sunlight paints my life anew. While nature shares her vivid worth in verdant hues and pastel creams, we witness beauty brings rebirth amid the hope of April dreams. End of poem, a poem by Cynthia Sharp and Dennis White. So I don't know which one of you wrote it, but it was a line... Bees buzz by with yes, bees buzz by with nectar schemes. I I I wrote that one. <laughs> so, what I wanted to bring up, I'm glad because I, I was going to say that I didn't know whether you or her wrote it because the entire piece has examples of this. You know, so I don't know if she wrote a paragraph and you wrote, or you wrote a line she wrote. I don't know how the mix-up was. But that line especially, I loved because of the structure of it. And I was going to tell you, pick out that one and tell you I thought it was yours, and this is why. It's because of your brilliant use of internal rhymes, of near rhymes, of stress-syllable rhymes, um, because the, the line, bees buzz by, with nectar schemes. So the E in bees, the the, the vowel, bees, yeah. E, stress, okay, and then schemes. So you have that, when you say that sentence, those two words pick up on each other. And then you have the word bees and the words buzz and the word by. Those don't rhyme, but by <laughs> using that, that B sound, that repetitive yeah, B sound, it takes it up and... Yeah, it makes it very melodic, and I just think that that line was a really good example of of meshing up, I mean, the way that you naturally write, so I'm really glad that that was your line, because that was what I was going to say. Yeah. It would have been embarrassing well, if it wasn't. We did write uh, in alternating uh, stanzas. Uh, the first one we wrote, I let off, she followed, then I got the third one, and she got the fourth one. In the second one, uh, she led off, and then I followed. So they have uh, alternating stances. Very cool. Oh, I thought it was great. And once again, it was hard. You know, that's why I, I was kind of hesitating on, all right, who wrote this line? And if you had said she wrote it, then I would have was going to compare her writing to Wait. yours and using that ability. So. Well, she has, she has plenty of abilities of her own. She, mm-hmm. she has uh, no lack of ability. No, no, definitely not. And that's why I was going to say is that the two of you write so well together because, you know, that that whole, it, it was hard to determine who wrote what because you both write with that, the talent of being able to do that. Those lines fitting together so well seamlessly. Yeah, exactly. That's what, uh, what makes a good collaboration when two poets mesh so well that it, mm-hmm. it becomes one piece. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it is fun to, to, if you know it's a collaboration, you try to try to pick out who wrote what, but that uh, that is secondary to the piece. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Jared and I, we wrote together for years and years and years. I talked about that last week, uh, 
with the the apple tree series of poetry that we were writing and yep. years later i mean we're talking we're talking 2001 we started writing together and uh so or, or directly after that um but there, there he, he, I would send him something and say, did you write this or did I write this? And he would send something to me. Did you write this or did I write this? And it's almost oh, it's yes. funny because almost every single time he'll say, you wrote that because I would never have misspelled this word. <laughs> so that's, that's how we can tell and remind ourselves who wrote what because, you know, usually we're writing back and forth real quickly together. He lives in Illinois, and we'd be writing via email. And... Uh, <laughs> So, you know, there was no spell check. There was no thinking. It's like, ping, okay, I wrote my sentence, and then I get back to doing what I was doing. Um, but usually mine had the misspellings. That's how we could tell. And there was one time that I read something. It's like, oh, my God, that is so beautiful. And I told him, I said, you know, this is one of my favorite things you have ever written, one of my favorite lines you've ever written in a poem. And he said, um, that's not my line because I would never have misspelled. Wow. It's like, oh, um, I guess I, I liked my line then. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but it's fun. It's and and the same thing, you know. We just meshed real well in our writing styles and what we were doing, and and so yeah, it's fun. It's fun when you can find someone that shares a voice. And we and let's put a plug in for collaborating uh, poems with other writers. Well, this is April. This is Poetry Month, but it doesn't just have to be this month. Go out and find someone to write with, and start a project. And see where it goes. It, you're you're going to end up with something amazing, and it's well worth the time to do so. I agree. I agree. All right, my darling. I appreciate you reading another piece. We've got one sapien on the line. I'm going to try to get him on. See if I can unmute him. Do you want to before you take off again, though? Do you want to remind everyone how to find you? Well, you, I, you, I can be found at allpoetry.com. Uh, I write under the name of Haiku Bless You. And if you have the opportunity, a quick plug for Cynthia. Uh, look her up on YouTube and find some of her poetry, and you'll be blessed. Uh, that's all okay. for now, and I'm looking forward to one sapien. You know what? After all these years, all these years, I finally made an all-poetry page. So I, so I can get on there and read people's stuff. After all these years, I finally made myself a page. And they won't let you make a page without posting a poem. It's like, what if I just want to come on and read? What if I, I, didn't, I need to sign in? But it made me post a poem, so I had to post a poem. So and now I've, I've officially got an all-poetry page. I feel so grown up. Well, good for you. <laughs> all right, Dennis. Love you, honey. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Uh, all right. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, let's go ahead and grab one sapien. One sapien, are you with us, hon? Fuzzy Hermit in the highway? No, Fuzzy Hermit on the road. On the road. Fuzzy Hermit on the road. (laughs) Actually, I'm in a parking lot right now, so. What you doing, sweetie? Sitting in a Walmart parking lot. I had to make a stop. I'm not to where I want to end up tonight, but... uh, Oh, that's a long descent or an ascent and a descent from Frisco all the way back down into the Denver area. Mm-hmm. It is. I really like Frisco. That's my favorite place so far. Is it? 
Yeah. So you still thinking of relocating there? Oh, well, I would Colorado, yeah. Um, I was checking out. Main thing, other than having to take 70 down into the Denver area, um, I wanted to check out how far down the um, the snow cover still was. And uh, mm-hmm. I didn't even get to Idaho Springs. And Idaho Springs was a lot farther than I thought it would be from Frisco. I tell you what, that really doesn't count a lot when you're in Colorado because there were times when I lived there that it's like, it's okay, 4th of July is coming up and we get a snowstorm. They don't last long. They only last maybe a day. But middle of July, you know, beginning of, not middle, beginning of July, uh, you know, two days oh, before 4th of July, we had mm-hmm. a, a huge snowstorm that dumped about a foot. It was crazy insane. Where was that? In Colorado when I was living in Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, I what I'm looking for is because being born and raised in Wisconsin, I like the ground covered with snow from at least, well, usually where I live, it's like the middle of December until sometime in March or actually um, maybe uh, into the uh, middle or late April, depending upon how much snow we got that winter. Mm-hmm. So, um, have to be up above, I think, 7,500 feet for there still to be snow on the ground now. Certainly was in Frisco, and I drove to Breckenridge, and then I drove to a cool place just beyond that called Blue River. And an interesting fact was, I actually stopped at the bank in Frisco, and we got to talking about real estate told me about some places north, and I drove about halfway there, and it was just like, no, this is too far. Um, and But she had mentioned Leadville, and Leadville is the highest incorporated town in the United States where people live to like 10,100 feet. But Alma, which is just down the road farther south from uh, Blue River, is actually the highest unincorporated town that people live in in the United States. It's like 10, 3, or 4. It's higher than Leadville. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting fact. Yeah. Although the, so the drink for us tonight, baby. Like, I want to read an old one that I like a lot. If I can read a long one. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I won't hang up. Maybe I should do this this way. I've accidentally hung up before. Let me grab my iPad. This is my hold music. Yeah. (laughs) I think I may be plagiarizing that from somebody. Yeah. I don't Um, remember what show it's from. Jeopardy, maybe? Yeah, I think, yeah, that was that. Um, when they were waiting for Vanna to turn numbers or something, I don't know. Yeah, here we go. This one's from way back in, in 2007. Entitled, The Lady and the Night in the Forest. 
Can you hear that music or not? Very barely, like n- not really. Just once okay. in a while. I'll turn it down. You're good. Okay. The mist covers the forest floor as she walks slowly, listening to the sounds of nature as she contemplates her life. She rounds a curve on an old path where she could see the sun's rays penetrate the tall trees reflecting off the dew of a cool autumn morning. She thought she heard a sound coming from across the small clearing, and then she saw him, an old knight sitting on a rock, his armor dented, tarnished, and bloodied from years of war. He sat with his face in his hands, crying, his sword by his side. He hears her footsteps and pulls his sword to the ready. Standing quickly, he booms, who goes there with a voice that could shake a mountain? Just then, he sees her face. As the sun's rays reflected off her golden hair, he lowers his hair and bows to the lady who has graced his humble life with her presence. She asks him why he was crying. His reply, because I am weary from battle and I fear I have lost my soul. War is all I know, and the joy and happiness are gone. Gone for so long, I have forgotten what they feel like. I have fought for so long, love and lust are just faded memories, brief still pictures in my mind. An animal rages inside, ready at a moment's notice, an unwanted consequence of years of war. There is also the shame and guilt, the emotional baggage that comes with all that I have seen and done. Maybe it's just that I cannot forgive myself for all those bad choices I have made and the battles I have lost, and that I cannot find within myself forgiveness for those that led me astray, abused my trust, and abandoned me in my hour of need. So now I fight alone, no one by my side, with little hope of anyone joining me. Who wants an old warrior who mostly sees the dark side of people? All I hear are words. No actions follow them. The bond of trust broken by far too many people. They take and take, consuming everything in their path. But when the time comes, they offer nothing in return. I choose to fight for freedom, and my reward is to see it all taken for granted, because far too many believe it is owed to them. And when they are confronted about doing something offensive, they scream bloody murder. Their rights are being violated, but in reality they are still children, emotionally. They refuse to extend common courtesy and respect The more offensive, the more attention they get. What they need is a crash course and do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. I am tired, emotionally exhausted, 
it says, if I exist in and for my dreams of a better future. But I have no energy, no self-worth, no tangible hope to build on them today. Is there any redemption for a warrior such as myself? Or have I already faded into the forest, a forgotten memory of those who knew me? Used up, discarded by the side of the road and left for dead because they saw no further use in me. All I have left is my experience and knowledge, but almost no, but almost no one wants to hear the truth. They are too busy consuming their lives away with little foresight to the future or what they will leave or not leave behind. Will they leave this place better than when they arrive? I doubt most will, because they are consumed by their own exaggerated self-importance. Myopic minds like little ants boring holes into the foundation of society. And when it crumbles, they will not admit any fault, because they lack humility and a purpose greater than themselves. Their lives are too easy. They have too much money. They have too many toys and no sense of community. They have lost their connection to our planet, to its rhythms, and our integral part within nature. What cataclysm will it take to force their eyes and souls open to see their destructive path? September 11, 2001 was not enough. Hurricane Katrina was not enough. I doubt the fires outside San Diego will be enough either. My hope, my faith for the future of humanity is continuing to fade. However, there are a few brave souls who stand and voice their wisdom without fear. These brave souls are humanity's main hope. Their words scattered here and there, but easily found for those seeking answers. Heed their words, for they carry the wisdom of the ages. Listen with your soul, and you will feel a connection to them. Meditate on them to find your center, not the one others tell you about. You need to find your own. And when you sit in a place where you no longer crave more, you will find peace, serenity, and bliss that all the riches in the world could never purchase. A friend and fellow, fellow veteran recently said, Love the fetus, hate the child. Love the soldier, hate the veteran. Is this true of you? Or can you see beyond, through the shell, to the soul within, who needs love just as much as you? Many have given their lives for you to live as free as you do. Do you honor them by demanding personal accountability? Or do you shit on their graves, mocking their selfless sacrifice? There are those who gave their minds for you to live as free as you do. Do you honor them by demanding personal accountability? Or do you treat them as bastard children, turning your head when you see them, denying their existence and their right to live a free life the same as yours? A life they fought for, a life they lost their mind for, a cost 
paid you can never imagine unless you are one of them. I am one of these veterans. I know the cost paid. I see it. I feel it every day I wake up. And it's the last thing I think about before I go to sleep every night. Now older, wiser, and wearier, I still fight for my life, for better days ahead, to find and reclaim my soul. This is why I still wear my armor and carry my sword, ready at a moment's notice to fight for what remains. The lady with the golden hair had been sitting quietly listening as the knight told his story. And as he finished, she stood and leaned forward, kissing him on the forehead. And she says, thank you for serving and thank you for your sacrifice. I would like to see you again. How can I find you? I don't know your name. The knight said, I am the wolf. And when you need me, call into the wind, and I will be there for you. Just as quickly as the lady saw the knight, he disappeared into the forest to continue his fight. End poem. You know, I love that piece because, especially the way you ended it, it makes him faceless. It would have been really easy to have put yourself or have ended that in a different way, you know. But having him disappear gives him an anonymity that I think haunts almost all veterans, you know, that feeling that they're not seen. You know, especially when the guys are there holding their holding their signs and no one will even meet their gaze. I mean, it's just the way society has become. You know, we we aren't a community anymore. And, um, you know, I, so I, I think by ending it that way, it made it really, really powerful. You know, that it's, you know, it's like that, that song, you know, what if God was one of us? You know, he could be anywhere. You know, you don't know who's a veteran. You don't know who is carrying what baggage. You know, you don't know the story behind the person standing beside you, and that's sad. We should. Yeah. We we should take responsibility for those things. You know, the, the line where you you know where you're talking about uh, love the soldier, hate the veteran. You know. You you there, think about I mean even back that. in the Go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, I don't want to use any phrases that politicians use. Like, let me be perfectly clear. Um, I wrote that in 2007. And there is a line in there where about, I, I, I say something about reclaiming my soul. And you maybe remember that uh, I think it was in December of 17 when I called in that I had said that I had. Uh, it took me that long. Uh, actually, not from 2007, but from 1991 until 2017. But the, the main thing I want to mention about the love of the soldier, hate the veteran thing is that the community is fragmented. 
because, and let me say this first, that I look at every veteran, no matter what their age, their gender, or where they served, the same. And there is a serious, 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 bunch of discrimination going on right now. It's like everything that happened after to uh, 9-11 is okay. And everybody is all in the same boat and supporting all these veterans. There are a shit ton of veterans that served after 9-11 that have gotten bogus PTSD claims through the VA. And they're taking mm-hmm. the VA to the cleaners, not only the veteran who's at 100% disabled and getting $32,000 a year, if they're married or they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they can get the caregiver stipend, that's another $32,000 a year tax-free. So they're getting $64,000 a year from the government for free, and a lot of these people are just sitting on their asses or they're playing around smoking weed, going out drinking, and just bullshitting the VA. And all these, and not all, but a lot of the the, uh, the veterans organizations, if you look in the fine print, you have to have served after 9-11, and you have to have a service, uh, a combat uh, injury, whether it's physical and or mental, to be able to qualify to get any kind of assistance from them. Any veteran who served before 9-11 is fucked. There are Vietnam veterans who are dying at over 300 a day, and they can't get that caregiver stipend because of the you way know, Congress I've got a really good friend of mine. I had such a huge crush on him when I was a baby. I remember, I mean, I remember him as a child. I remember thinking he was cute, and his name, his name was Ken, and he got Agent Orange when he was over in Vietnam and oh, is dying wow. from it right now. I mean, he's had a yeah. horrible, it's just, he's had a horrible life with it. He's had so much suffering and he still can't, he's still fighting with the VA yeah. to get he medical. He should find a lawyer because paid for. I mean, and you know, I mean, he's, he's certified. Yeah. They know that he has it, but it's still, okay, this is the progression of it. This is what's going on. This is what I need to have done. This is what my doctor says. But he has to go months and months and months trying to get things cleared. Because even though that it's it's like saying yes, we know you have cancer, but we're gonna have to make you go through all this red tape because cancer doesn't really exist. My my suggestion. And we don't want to identify. We don't want we don't want to pay out for something that doesn't exist. Agent Orange is. Well, that's the that's the bottom line because here's here's the big bullshit line right now with the VA is that President Trump signed the the new uh, VA Mission Act in I think it was the summer of seventeen, and in June of this year is when part of that's supposed to kick in, and all veterans who are eligible to get the caregiver stipend are supposed to get it if they've applied for it. But these pieces of shit that work for the VA are saying that they have an IT problem and that their computer system isn't going to be able to to process all of this. And And it's a complete fucking lie because all they need to do is 
get somebody outside the government to update the program, but maybe it really doesn't need to be updated because they're just lying because they just don't want to pay out any more money. But they're paying out more money to post-9-11 veterans than they are pre-9-11. And there are a lot fewer. But in two, I think it was in 2009, back to Ken, 2009, Congress finally rewrote the regulations for the VA that allow a veteran to hire an attorney right after their first denial. I couldn't do that. I had to wait till my claim went to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, and that could have taken four and a half years in the 90s. Um, but I would get a lawyer, and the other thing I would do is I would not take no for an, an, no an answer from anybody at whatever um, VA medical center he's going to, go right he, to the it, top. It, 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 it's... The fight's done. I mean, he doesn't have he whatever he's done so far is exactly what's going to be done. He does he doesn't have time to do anything anymore. Okay. Because the, I mean, the other thing is, I mean, not that he doesn't have the time that, to do it. It's like he's almost ready to die now. You know, it's yeah. it's. I mean, this and, is Vietnam we're talking about. Right. And and I wanted to get the last point I wanted to make about it is that the VA has at least once and possibly twice shut down or stopped taking claims for Agent Orange, but it's open mm-hmm. again, and now they're actually maybe opening up to um, blue water or sailors that were in Vietnam that may, may have been exco- exposed. Because, And I can't remember them all, but a Vietnam veteran who was in the Army, a forward area, forward area observer, um, these are the guys that go way out in the front and call in artillery, um, he told mm-hmm. me there's not only Agent Orange, but there's red, blue, green, I don't know how many there are. Purple, I think, is another one. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, but the main points were, attorney, don't take no for an answer. And this could go for anybody. Don't take no for an answer. If you, if you get in from your doctor, go all the way to the, to the, uh, um, the guy who run, or the woman who runs the medical center. Not the chief of staff, but the, I mean, the guy at the top. I mean, I actually had to go through that route. Actually, somebody did it for me over there to get permission for me to go outside the VA to see somebody. That took three months. Um, and I guess the last thing is that just don't quit. Don't, don't take no for an answer from anybody at the VA and don't quit because that's what they want you to do. And I found out that a All phrase that I used to use. like that. Most insurance agencies have a three-denial uh, uh Protocol. So if you would apply for something, they will deny it three times because on average with human nature, something's denied three times, that's when people will quit. So if you know that in advance when you do something, you know it's already going to get denied three times, then you just have to play the game because that's – I mean, you know, if you talk to anyone who claim? does that, they'll tell you that, that insurance claims – that they are oh. trained to deny an insurance claim three times and, because most people will give up after that because it's too much work and too much bullshit. I got, I got, a, I got a quick story about that. I have a, my best friend lives in a uh, condo or townhouse complex. It's not real big. It's like four buildings. And his best friend is an insurance agent and got them insurance 
they had to have a new roof put on all all of the buildings a couple of years ago because of hail damage. And now there was a leak uh, last or late February or in March um, in his place. And he, I said, well, you're going to call the insurance company? So they can't because we can only file one claim in a three-year period. And I'm like, what kind of up insurance company is that? Because he said, oh, no, if right? we file another one, they'll drop us. And I said, that's not an insurance company. They're just making money. Crazy. That's insane. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it when he told me that. I mean, that's just absolutely insane. And, but it also planted a seed. If there's any time in the future that I'm getting insurance, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask, how many times can I file a claim within X number of years? Or are you going to drop me? And if you're going to drop me, I'll say, see ya, I'll go find somebody else. You know, I think it's really funny, too. You sit there and you pay auto insurance for years and years and years and never get in an accident, but you get in one accident and your rates go up. Well, not just that, but I you thought... Know, it's like, wait a minute, I've mean, been I paying live... insurance all these years for that. All right, we... Now, we can't keep talking about I mean, this one on, la- on the show, though. I know. One, 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 la- one last thing real quick. When I turned 50, I thought that my insurance would go down seven years ago. And it didn't, it didn't go down. And I was like, why? I called. I mean, it was because I live in the boonies. And I have, the last time I got a ticket that I actually got the speeding ticket dropped a defective instrument was in like 1992 three or four and the reason why my insurance went up was because of other people in the greater area or the entire state who had gotten into accidents so i had to pay yeah, because it made, other it, a more, it, made it a more uh, risky area to drive in but it's not a risky area do to make it you know to make your it's like now if you don't have good credit your insurance goes up you know what is my ability to you know, pay a bill have to do with my ability to, to hold a steering wheel. It's just another scammy thing, you know. All right, we need to get no, going, just, honey. Just like so hate speech stuff, me, too. Yeah, do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you. You can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. Put it in the search box on Facebook. You'll find me there with a cool composite picture Nyla made for me. And if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, I can't remember if this one's in the book, but Ghost is in there. I almost read that tonight. Um, a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. And it's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. Very cool. It has some cool art in it, too. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, great job. And to answer your question, you asked me the other day, the 20th of the month is when it's done. Oh, it's not till, not till the 20th of April? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to double check. But that's what okay. it looks like in my email. Cause is it still the same where the renewal is actually for 13 months and not 12? Yeah. Or did yeah. Stop? yeah. That's what I was starting to think because when we had started this, uh, years ago that it, it must have 
added on a few months. We might yeah, because it started, started way back in November. Yeah, we started way back in November. So now we're November, December, January, February, March, April. Yeah. And I've been doing this for, what, six years? Long time. Six, seven, seven years. We're talking about him helping to sponsor the show, you guys, just in case yeah. you're wondering. Yeah. So, all right, love. We will talk to you next week, sweetie. I'll give you a call this week, but, um, yeah. You'll be here next week. I'm glad you called in. I actually had your phone number pulled up, and I was going to try calling you. So I'm glad you called in. So am I. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week, when Sapien. Thank you so much, honey. You bet. Thanks, Nyla. Thanks, everybody. Have a nice weekend. You too, love. All right, everybody, you have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I am so glad that you all were here tonight, both listeners and readers. It was just fun, fun. I am going to close the show with a piece by Andrea Gibson called Stay, and we will talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. Stay. There are snowflakes on my tongue. I want to melt on your inner thigh. There's a face in the moon I still call Jesus some nights. My body is a temple where I've burned so many scriptures. I see smoke every time I look in the mirror. Stay. Kiss me where the flames turn blue. Tell me there are places on my skin that look exactly like the sky. And your heart is a jet plane heavy with the weight of businessmen and crying babies. But you're done running for the exit road because God knows we have smoked the stars. Made wishes on falling ashes, something's got to give, it may as well be our fingers. Touch me, till my ribs become piano keys, till there is sheet music scrolled across the inside of my lungs, because I'm breaking old patterns. For anyone else, I would rhyme and end this line with Saturn, but you are not the type to wear rings, and I'm not the type to want to celebrate forever, when right now is forever, walking down the aisle unnoticed, hold me. Sing me lullabies at dawn when I've been up all night, painting the wind to remind myself that things are moving. We were talking mountains and snowboards when you said, I'll teach you how to fall. I said, I bet you will. But my bruises will be half moons hanging above cornfields that yield only crop circles. You are a mystery I promise I will never try to solve. What science calls science, I have always called miracle. And since we met, there have been days when I have said thank you so many times. I could watch all my broken pieces curling into seeds to plant themselves in the bellies of saxophones on street corners in New Orleans. You can find music in places where you cannot find air. So when you say... You are homesick for my skin. My body sends you postcards from all its darkest corners and prays. You can still see the sun climbing my bones like octaves. Because, baby, there were nights when my pulse did not win. Nights when my heartbeat stained the kitchen floor bright red. But you once told me we are most alive in that split second before death. So I call ugly a four-letter word and tell you I am tired of hearing myself swear. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you hold me so well that I am almost convinced that smoke in the mirror might one day disappear. <laughs>